Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Swinney for episode 98 for this Sunday, the 2nd of October, 2022. So in this week's show, we'll be discussing Google finally pulls the plug on Stadia, Koei Tecmo and EAT up to go monster hunting, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is in the market to buy a leading game publisher, and our impressions of Spider's new sci- a steampunk Souls-like Steel Rising. Shut up! All right, welcome everyone again to the Big Weekend Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Swinney. I can't hear the music, and for some reason, I looked away once uh, Indigot gave me the pointer there, so that's why I was delayed. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love to get you to subscribe to the show on YouTube and uh, all your favorite podcast app. If you're a mega fan, come join us on the Discord. All the links are in the description below at bigwigpod.com. So joining us today, we've got our executive producer, Intergot. Hello. You're stumbling over <laughs> your words today. I am because I, of- I, I realize my, my setup and Mike, you can't talk yet. I haven't introduced you. Um, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm looking here, but then I'm looking here. This is, this is a bad setup for my second show, a shot at hosting. And also joining us today is Mike. I'm allowed to talk. Woohoo! Yeah. Yes. I just yes. realized we both have like post shower hair. It's yeah. Kind of funny. Like normally we have like hats or whatever. Well, I was I was thrown because I'm like I looked away and then I'm like, oh crap, he's probably giving me the finger because we can't hear the music at the moment. So oh, that's a clip the right finger, there. Right? He's probably. <laughs> I looked away and he's probably giving me the finger. He's probably giving me the finger and then I'm like waiting for you to have to give me the second finger. So. <laughs> I had to reinitiate um, the finger. Yeah, so it's uh, it is a, a bit of a, a learning curve this hosting thing, especially when you yeah like we can't hear the music, so I'd have to rely on. I, that I like how you guys too, so. always point out the technical stuff. Like <laughs> unlike TV stuff, when things go wrong, they just <laughs> roll with it. It's like it is every- a little. <laughs> All right, the music's the little- gone. The music's gone. It is. It's out of the is, show now. What music? It is a, it Next is episode, a literal no reason. Music. It is the little reason why I screwed up there, so that's why I'm saying it. Um, how are you guys going? Yeah. How you been? Mike, we haven't seen you in ages. It's yes. been like... <laughs> it's what, been what? quite a month. I just missed one week, I think. No, a but month. then we had, a, we, had, we had a break, didn't we? Or yeah. we had something It was weird there, so it feels like I haven't seen you in like six months oh, or yeah. something. Even though I actually <laughs> saw you in person less than two weeks ago, I think. I know, I know. No, I, I haven't seen you for show. about a year or in, re- in real life doesn't count. No, real life doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's Mike, your mic, so. That, that's right. Intergot, how you going? How you been? <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Just, uh, just, just living life, living life large. There's been a lot of public holidays in the last few weeks, so it's been kind of very disjointed at work. Yeah, what happens, like, we obviously got the, the grand final, like, Friday or whatever which, it was. Which is the most bullshit public holiday of all time. But yes, I agree. I don't I don't I like having a public holiday, but I think sure. the reason is bullshit. But because the um you know the the was it I don't know what they officially called it was the morning official morning day or something of uh, of the Queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one one yeah. off the day of morning, morning day of mourning for the Queen. Mm. Yeah, and that was the day before the AFL grand final mm. day here in Victoria in Australia. No, so we ended up day having off before the public holiday. Yeah, 
so yeah. that yeah so it ended up being a four day basically a four day weekend which was awesome for us so. crazy the funny one because okay so queen's birthday there's a public holiday for queen's birthday for those who are not in the commonwealth and it's not when the queen's actual birthday was mm. it's just whenever the state governments want to choose so it's different days in different states and just so happened that the Thursday public holiday, which is for the morning of the Queen, was every state. Then the Monday, Queensland and WA had Queen's birthday, where Queensland still called it Queen's birthday, and WA changed it to King's birthday. Oh, interesting! <laughs> so I didn't yeah, know this that. This weird event where so it wait, was like the morning, the morning of the and Queen then they had on the, the Thursday, and then celebrate her birthday in Queensland on the Monday. Wow. After. That's, that's interesting. At least WA said it's the king's birthday. I think that's okay. Yeah, that kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've I've always been confused about the whole queen's birthday thing. It not being the actual her actual birthday. So does that mean that going forward it's going to remain the same day and it's just I, the king's yeah, birthday? Yeah, it, it's likely yeah. that it will. So like when her actual birthday was, there was a special event in England, like at Buckingham Palace. But we don't know when because we don't want to dock. It was like July or something like that from memory. <laughs> Yeah, don't dox the dead. Yeah, don't. Oh, jeez, don't well, dox the, the dead now. queen. The, the king now. You don't want to Jesus. dox the king. You don't want Charles people to know Charles's birthday. It's actually true, man. Like, think about that. Could you register a credit card with Charles's name? Because you got so much information you could, about him. You got all the info. Well, <laughs> you don't even need Maybe. that. You just need the Optus. And he's an Optus customer. Maybe, yeah, so, yeah. that's what I was about. Damn, you ruined my joke. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get in there. Slow. I'm too slow. <laughs> I wasn't too slow. I didn't like, want to cut you guys off. You're like I didn't the guy want to cut in you the, off. the back of the queue on that blacked video. Well, <laughs> we just got to get in there first. I'm like, just give me a second. It's the same. must have been an I'm just customer. You're the slow, <laughs> slow tadpole. I'm just Let, straight in there. Let's just say I have opened up credit cards with the name Michael instead of Mike, which technically should not be allowed, but it is. Wait, but so your, clearly, your thing doesn't say Mike, does it? No, but like your passport. No, but it doesn't say it doesn't say any of those. Show me your passport on stream. Okay, hang on. <laughs> but the point is, it seems like McLovin. you can technically open up credit cards in just about any name you want, which is really I, bizarre. I actually, so I probably shouldn't even say this because if people are so psycho to go back, but remember the time where I showed my address? I'm like, <laughs> gonna cover up this box that you guys sent me, and then I showed it on stream, I, and it was like perfectly framed here. It's <laughs> like that's my address. I, I thought you were gonna talk about. I thought you were going to talk about someone. I think it was, was it you, Mike, that had a fake UCLA, like, identification card? Yeah, we made it. In, we made it in my school? house. <laughs> I'm not confirming or denying any of believe... that information live on stream. <laughs> I can't believe we actually used that and it worked. It's like, I think the thing fair, is... we're underage, so I don't know if retrospectively they can... Nah, it's, it's fine. But um, you actually look so much older for your age, though. Like, you always have. Whereas yeah. I've always looked younger. Like I was getting carded all the way up to my late twenties. So. Damn, but that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I wonder know. if it's a bell curve. Like, do, will I age quicker as well, or do I just maintain <laughs> that oldness for longer? What does it even mean? I'm I trying mean, to like, understand the framing of it as a well, bell is curve. It, is it like? Am <laughs> I am I sort curve? of like? Is it a bell curve? Well, I mean, like, I mean, you know, some people, some people, they saying you, you know, get they, they age at later? a certain rate. Yeah, like, do I kind? Of, did I hit oh. my peak of age and I kind you've of peaked. maintain? Yes, like, you've definitely peaked. <laughs> You think about peaked. Kenner Reeves, right? Kenner Reeves kind of peaked and then he remained. Say that man's kind of name again. Same for 20 years. <laughs> Say that man's name again. Mr. Reeves. You know. <laughs> hey, speaking I of which. You said Keanu Reeves or something. No, Ke- Keanu. 
Uh, I actually Canada, watched. Canada Shut up! You know I mispronounce things. No, I'm, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you said that. I just laugh. Like I don't know what. That's like the easiest joke to make in the world. I've never heard it before. Can of uh, I wasn't trying to make a joke, but I did actually watch. Well, I don't know if this is kind of. It, it is kind of related to gaming if you've seen the movies, <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil anything because it it is related to gaming if you get what I mean. But I did watch the latest Matrix on on Netflix. Oh, resurrected. Uh, yeah, have you guys seen that? Uh, is it resurrected? Something like that. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure one. it is. That's it's the what you call it. Isn't that the third one? Actually, my joke was that that's the third one, but it might actually be the latest one. It's something like that. <laughs> Re-something, I'm sure. It's reanimated or yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. It's re- it's resurrection. Uh, resurrection. Wait, is that the newest one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I actually yeah. meant to say the third That's movie as a joke. Well. And yeah, I said the latest one. Again? You had reloaded. What did you have reloaded or oh, revolutions? <laughs> oh, I was going to say revolutions. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> no, this is yeah, this is a new one. Well, I won't I won't spoil anything about it, but I did watch it. Let's just say can't recommend it, sorry. Well, now you have to spoil I don't, it. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that uh that's um yeah, it's statement. Well, I haven't watched watch it, it, but I'm I mean, you watched that Jupiter Rising movie. I hated that. Oh, God. <laughs> and then oh, you go, oh, might Jupiter, get some more Jupiter, of that. <laughs> might Jupiter go back ascending. to that well. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, that uh, movie was. Oh, Jupiter and Ascending. That movie, yeah, yeah. that movie was one of the worst I've seen in cinemas. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I can't get his uh, little elf ears out of my head. You guys have literally, like, sorry, not you guys, but Mike, you've, you've got, like, literally the last movie, what's her, what's her name? Lana Wachowski? Made mm. was Jupiter Ascending and then <laughs> Matrix ah. Resurrections. Wow. What a I, run. I, I, what a run. There's, there's, there's jokes I want to make, but I won't, so I'll just shut well, up. Go on. Yes, no, do not make any what jokes. Joke? Let's move on to something I've about got to Matrix. actually correct. I don't know what something he's talking I've, about. Something I want to correct. It's actually more of a retraction from last week. Right? Yeah. So, Mike, you probably wouldn't have uh, heard this, but I gave a shout out to I gave out a, sh- a shout out to a developer of the game Astro Ascending mm-hmm. that was leaving Game Pass on the 30th of September, mm. and they did a late patch to fix a lot of the glitches mm-hmm. and allowed people to complete it before no, that. it I was leaving. Then. Well, after. Let's just say I'm retracting that shout out. Um, Why? I the devs already said thanks for the shout out. Yeah, it's too late now. Yeah, no backseats. No, they didn't. You can't pull. Because... You, it's too late to pull out. No, I can't. Oh pull out. no, no. You, no. You, you, Bec- been there, done that. Be- didn't work. Because <laughs> plan B. I'm retracting because it hit the 30th of September. The game yeah. has left Game Pass, mm-hmm. and I have not completed the game. Oh, oh. I see what's happening. This is uh, for some fr- frame of reference. This is a sixty dollars game, by the way. Okay. I the latest patch that they released broke another achievement. Oh, they no. fixed other <laughs> things, broke this achievement. Nobody that had you know basically started after that patch was able to complete it. So I'm retracting my shout outs now. If they end up patching it in the future, I'll have to buy it to just. So this that patch this is like a strategy. This is good. This is for OCD people. Break mm. your game all the way through the game pass period. So. And mm. then patch it post Game Pass, and then you have to buy it. I, to buy psycho it. OCD people like this motherfucker. Really? I am not going to lie that that idea did cross my mind. That <laughs> someone you could do it. Crossed your mind. Sneakily, you would totally do it. Sneakily thought, 
hey, why don't we like on. fix some stuff and slightly break this other thing uh, so people will have to buy it when we post patch after oh man. Anyway, so I'm just retracting that shout out because it was very frustrating to spend sixty hours in a game and it's not sixty complete. hours. And you can't complete yeah. it now. That's actually honestly and honestly it was less than that. It's like Maybe 45, 50 now I think about it. But that's yeah. still, that's oh, 45 hours of your life, man. <laughs> that's a rounding error. That's still a lot the of The game time. was all right. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, like <laughs> as a game like, was fine. like that resounding oh. endorsement of the game. The game was perfectly fine. Well, it, it was being, all right. It, it was wasn't right. great. Better if it wasn't yeah. broken. Of it was broken. Just yeah. the achievements so, anyway. So, Mike, I actually mm. wanted to open the floor up to you a bit here. So, last week we talked about the new NVIDIA, NVIDIA series of graphics cards that they mm-hmm. announced. And as the most, I guess, uh, you know, enthusiastic person about PC hardware and knowledgeable on the show, you weren't here to give your overall thoughts on the new range. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to do a bit of play, a bit of catch up and just get your opinion on on these new cards. Hmm. Yeah, my opinion is fucking NVIDIA. I'm moving to AMD. <laughs> okay, not quite. So You're yeah, moving I, to I, Intel, the ARC platform. To Intel. I, you know what? They fucking look good. <laughs> They're the kind of cards I want. If Explain they have more to performance. Explain to Swinney. They don't look like gamer cards. Explain they look to Swinney. Like nice, aesthetically pleasing, normal looking cards that I actually want to put into my PC. Not crazy gamer cards. Anyway, let, let, let's just backtrack a little bit. So, yes. a couple of things. First of all, the strategy of releasing the flagship card, the 4090. Don't like it because I can't afford a 4090. I think a lot of people can't afford a 4090. I think they're trying to make it look like it's now actually the best value card, even though it isn't, obviously, because it's insanely expensive for what it is. Um, And the issue that I have is the way they've been segmenting the 4080 series. So there's a 4080 16-gig model, which you guys probably covered, and a 12-gig model. And really, the 12-gig model is effectively a 4070, although some people joke that the bus speed is actually gimped to a 4060 level, if you could equate it to that. Not quite. But the way they've segmented that and the way the prices have come out as a result is just insane. I just it, It's actually really seriously put me off going with NVIDIA for the next generation. So I'm going to see what happens with AMD. Um, I think the whole graphics card thing is, is, is completely different territory than what, what it used to be. I remember when if you paid a thousand bucks for a graphic card, holy shit, dude. Yeah, like yeah, most of my graphics mm. cards were sort of around the 700 tops mark and that was... That felt expensive, 700 bucks for a graphics card. And now the norm is going to be over a thousand bucks, no problem for anything semi decent in the same sort of tier, if you could call it that, as what those cards used to be. Now, of course, you know, they're way more performance, but we're talking rel- relatively speaking here, right? You kind of expect performance to increase over the years. So I'm really just, yeah, I'm not keen on it. I'm not, I'm not really happy. It's, it's, I'm also tainted from the release of the 30 series and, and the fact that not only, not only could you not get them properly at launch, what happened with crypto, we all know, it became really, really hard to get them. Um, and eventually when prices started going down, they put this bullshit. So, I don't know. Um, I've kind of lost my... I don't know. I've lost my interest in, in sort of upgrading and stuff because I feel like I'm just, I don't want to give them that kind of money. Um, but I am keen to see what AMD come up with, um, whether they're going to be, you know, competitive. It's, it's interesting that Intel Arc, okay, performance-wise, it's, it's, it's different. Um, and they're going to struggle because of driver support and other stuff as well. But I do hope that they go well, just because you need that competition, especially with what NVIDIA is doing at the moment. Um, do we know the timeline of when the next range of, like, AMD stuff well, will... Can I just pause for a second? Because just mm-hmm. while we're on the 3080 and 4080... 
I we do have to correct something else from last week. Like I I'd heard it in the moment, but I well, didn't have a chance to check it. I think Swinney, you said something along the lines of the thirty eighty to forty eighty was a twenty five percent increase in price. Or some I was just or I was just going off off approximate uh, things that VGC had said. Yeah, was that for the base it, model? Yeah, no. So exactly, like you have to compare the sixteen gig one. So mm. it's like a seventy percent increase in price. Fucking insane! Like how insane is that? Seventy percent right. increase from generation to generation. You won't have the crypto effect now with Ethereum and the ASIC mining for Bitcoin. So the crypto thing's not a deal anymore. It's like they've literally just like consumed the inflated pricing and set that as the RRP. So, yep. but yeah, much, yeah. Uh, AMD, when are they doing their showcase? That's when you're I don't actually, I, I don't know when the, the new series, I, I know. Oh, it's the, like November. <laughs> okay. November. Awesome. No, we spoke about it last um, week. So, so yeah, it'd be, I'll be, I'd be keen to see what comes out. I'm, I'm also ever so slightly kind of, it's kind of cool, but kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll jump onto the, the 7,000 series bandwagon for, for, the AMD chips. I think the the chips that we have into God are sweet for what they are. I no, think they're I've gonna last a us a while. I thought you ended up with the five nine fifty. No, Did I've got the CPU. Yeah, the CPU, sorry, yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the CPU. Yeah. I think with, with the CPU, um I'm kind of like what I'm seeing about the seven thousand seven thousand series is mostly just because of the the sheer amount of heat. Oh, you're talking out. about CPUs now. Yeah, CPU. Sorry, this is turned into that. the no, PC I'm gaming about AMD. Um, No, I'm like I'm not as uh, for some reason I'm just not not quite as excited about that either. I think performance wise mm. and everything's really cool, but then also from a gaming perspective, the fifty eight hundred um, X three D is still fantastic as a chip. Um, that until you know they release the seven thousand version of it, I don't think it's worth really upgrading to the seven thousand series from a gaming perspective, and from a performance perspective, hell yeah! Like some of the benchmarks of the seven nine fifty are are nuts, but then they run super hot, and most people like you and I, even with the chips that we have, is is probably almost overkill. You'd say. Well, we will yeah. uh, wait to see what they uh, show off for on the graphics side in November for AMD, and then we'll, I guess, be able to do some comparisons there. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's well, talk just, about. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> touching on. <laughs> no, because I because <laughs> I haven't finished. I haven't finished because this was only this week as well that people are talking about it. Mike, the Intel Arc, the mm-hmm. so Intel now you didn't explain it to Swinney. So Intel are getting into the graphics thing in a real way. So like, really, you've had Nvidia which is like probably 80%, 90% of the market's winning. And then AMD with a Radeon series. But now like Intel are really trying to push in. And like, it's kind of exactly what I was saying last week. This is like super interesting to me. Like Intel are pretty much going to release a GPU in the next month, which will be like a 3070, but half the price of a 3070. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, like to me, it's like I, I'm a, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I'm not buying the mm-hmm. 3080s, 3090s when they come out. So, to me, yeah. like I'm actually seriously going to check out the Intel Arc when it comes out, and then also the new Radeon series because I, yeah. I can't see myself getting an Nvidia chip. Like I do want to upgrade, but it's just ridiculous the pricing. Mm. So yeah, so, yeah, was... totally agree. And with the the new tech that's come out, I think one one thing that's interesting is DLSS three. That is a cool piece of tech, and that's actually initially why I got into... Well, not got into, because my previous card was NVIDIA as well, but given the choices, I went with them just because I thought it was a really cool piece of tech. And it it was. A lot of the games that I played using the LSS on performance was great. 
Um, however, with FSR now available on all yeah. cards, it changes the equation. And whilst it's it's you know close to witchcraft, what DLSS three does, it's bullshit that it's only available on the the next series of cards of the four thousand series. I don't know technically if there's a reason why. I just feel like they probably did intentionally to get people to upgrade. And it has to be supported. There's plenty of brand spanking new games that don't support it. And that too. Whereas yeah. FSR is supported by default. So, yeah, yeah so it's going to be interesting. I, I can't see myself getting an NVIDIA card, but I do need an upgrade because my card's like so shit. Dude, so. the 3070, what I use, perfectly fine. Yeah. 40p. If I can get it for it. a good price. But mm-hmm. yeah, cool, Swinny. Yeah, so I guess I'll hand back to you, Indigo. What have you been playing this week? <laughs> Uh, I've just been smashing Splatoon 3 like crazy. So I'm up to like 50, 60 hours in the game or something like that. Jesus, that's it, nuts. Like, it, it genuinely is like it's such an awesome game. Like the disconnects haven't been as bad for me recently, although today I struggled to get into a single game for a while. Um, but it's just such a cool game. Like I hope with the DLC now that it's going to be mostly just single player focused. It's probably going to come out in a year. Um, but yeah, I've just been smashing the multiplayer, been doing a lot better than I did with Splatoon 2 because I'm focusing more. I'm trying to be not competitive, but just like being a bit smarter about what I'm doing rather than just, you know, still, you're still avoiding that card game mode, not avoiding it, but I'm like, I'm playing through a little bit of it. I just don't find it that compelling to be honest. It's too basic. It's too simple. Like, and it's too... It's just like RNG, I think, like the way it, it you play it. So I do have like a bit of an OCD thing for the game now where it's like, I like to collect these badges in game. So you what have to play a bunch of this table turf mode to be able to get all the badges. Um, and then the other one is Salmon Run. Salmon Run is like so misunderstood. Like it's the horde mode PVE of the game. Um, it's so freaking cool, man, what they've done in this version of it. And supposedly uh, people were data mining it. I'm trying to like keep out of the loop of that, but I think there's some big salmon run event coming up, which is really, really cool. Cause they've only ever had like Splatfest, which is always PVP. So a PVE kind of like Splatfest kind of Splatfest version would be really, really cool. So highly recommend Splatoon 3. I think it's a very, very, very good game. Um, and the other one is I'm bloody trying to finish these Picross games. So... I've literally put like two, uh, sorry, 50 hours into this Picross S2. I'm still finishing it. It's like, they're so difficult, some of the, the puzzles late in the game. Are you going through all of them in sequential order, all no. the Picross games? Uh, well, uh, I own S3 and S4. Okay, because I think they just announced uh, S8. Yeah, every, <laughs> every six months, I think they release it. And I, I'm not buying any more Picross games. <laughs> like finish all, and I like I. I actually would be really surprised if I actually buy another Picross game because they take so long to finish. Like I thought it was just really bad, and then I heard someone talk about Picross like S three or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, it took me a hundred hours to finish it." I was like, "Okay, well, I don't feel as bad, but <laughs> but man, they take a long time. Like seriously, they can take like half an hour to solve one puzzle." I have no idea how how involved it is to create Picross puzzles in these games. Yeah. Or if it's something where they just go, okay, we'll create pixel art and then our system engine will generate and then we just do the fine tuning to make sure it's possible to beat. Um, but 
it is like their business model of you get the value out of each one you buy but the fact is that literally it could just be dlc packs for the same thing yeah because yeah, they're i mean they do there's some t- changes here and there but the ones i've played it's just literally okay maybe a different color menu you know well and obviously okay. all new puzzles all new puzzles you weird know? thing is that with s8's release they actually updated all the games Right? So I logged, hmm. I've been playing S2, like it's been out for years, S2. It's like literally been out since 2018, right? And I, I was playing it and then like I booted into it. I'm like, wait, the colors are different. Like this is weird, right? And then it actually gave me options of like, so it's gone back to the D, 3DS mode where you can actually use your finger to like, you can tap to actually fill things in, which is cool, right? Because that's what I used to do actually with the stylus. But I got so accustomed to button controls, um, so yeah. I don't do that. But the the thing that shits me with it is that when you... F- I never have assists in Picross, right? Of course, right? And mm. I'll never use hints, never use assists. For some reason, with this update, they've introduced further assists, right? So I turned them all off. Then I started completing the puzzles, and it gives me a different badge. It's as if all the other puzzles I finished had assists... Oh. And then the new ones are like the pure, clean. Hmm. For a split second, so I was like, go back <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> for a split second, I was like, "Shit, do I have to go back?" And I'm like, "No, no, no I'm not going to do that." But um, wow, it, he says uh, that now. No, I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, it's like the thing is, when I look at people finishing Picross, I'm like, "How do they do that?" And then I realize they're not doing the Mega Picross mode. I, you, you probably haven't seen that one, Swinny, but it's not just one column. It can be like two columns. That you have to solve. Yeah, I think yeah. I have. I think I have seen Mega. Picross. That makes it way could, harder. Yeah. That makes it way harder. The single one I can crush those ones so quickly, but the Mega mm. Picross, it's like you have to really like logic it out sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm enjoying it. But how about you, Mike? Um, pretty much just one. Well, okay. Actually, before I talk about the main game, I did try Moon Scars. Uh, even though Swinney said don't touch it, because what happened was the developer came out and said there's a critical game bug towards the end of the game that some people may encounter. Uh, so I'm like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch this game until they patch it. But I was curious, very curious. I had to give it a crack, and um, yeah, look, it, it was alright. Mm, I don't know, something so, about it doesn't quite click. But I think once they patch it, I'll play it properly, and I think it's the kind of game that I would actually finish. So Moon Scars is the like it's a Metroidvania yep. Souls like ish game, which is. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, it was added to Game Pass. I, I actually tried it out as well. And there's nothing about it that made me go, oh, this, I should be playing this than playing more Blasphemous or something mm. like that. You know, like mm-hmm. the, I'd probably, oh, no, but Blasphemous, if it's, it, they're so similar. They're basically There's like your Metroidvania Souls like games, you know. So, um, so far, I definitely prefer Blasphemous just in terms of the aesthetics and art style because I find with, with Moonscars, um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a case of getting used to it. The palette is very bland, and not mm. not 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 necessarily in a bad way. Don't get me wrong. It's just that it's quite uh, restricted. Whereas something like I love the pixel art in a game like Blasphemous. It was just really, really, really cool detail. Um, so so that was a main one. Um, but the probably the biggest game that I've been playing the most of um, is Deathloop. So. It came out on Game Pass, so I've been playing it on on half sort of an Xbox and half on PC. Didn't it's you already own to... it though on PS? Yeah, on PlayStation. Yeah, on PS Five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Well, because because I I kept it for PS5 because I thought we'll all end up playing it. Um, yeah. And I remember I sort of asked if you guys wanted to to hit it. And when it came on Game Pass, I'm like, oh look, I'll just give it I'll just give it a quick crack just to see what it's about, kind of thing. I, I knew the premise, but I never really looked into it that much. Mm. And then I got hooked. It's a really cool loop. Um, and literally a loop, death loop. I mean, death loop. Yes, um, it's got a really cool gameplay loop that <laughs> um, is is awesome to play. And I I, I don't want to spoil anything, um, but it's it how do it 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 almost feels like a roguelike in a way, but not. It's hard to describe it. Yeah. Um, once you get the concept and how the game works, it's 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 really really good. It's slightly confusing at the start how how it's structured. But then once you get the hang of it, you go, okay, I get it. Um, and th- it doesn't hold your hand per se, but the developers have made it so you can kind of, you know, track certain quests, if you can call it that, through through the loops. Um, you don't have to, you know, keep a piece of paper to remember how to do every single tiny thing. Um, and it's, 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 I really want to talk about it, but I'll, I'll reserve talking about it properly until you guys actually play it. But the one cool thing that would actually be awesome if you guys played as well is... You can play as Juliana, which is... Um, so, if you're... Um, the aim of the game, again, without spoiling too much, is you got to kill bosses. I won't say exactly yeah, what. A little bit spoiled. I don't want to spoil anything. Very unique but, concept. Uh, exactly. Gaming, right? Yeah, that's, that's as you far as I'll, I'll, I'll take Goombas? that. You have to jump over Goombas? You got to jump over Goombas in this. Um, and... In 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 the map, there is there is another character that you you talk to at the start of every map and sometimes in between uh, called Juliana. Which as you play, you kind of uncover who she is. And again, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but what's what's cool is you can get invaded by this Juliana, and it can either be AI or if you've got it set to online mode, it can be another player that actually invades you. Oh, that's cool. Kind of dark soulsy. But if you have friends that play the game, you can actually set it to just invade your friends' games. And it's a pretty cool concept. So it's 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 I I reckon it's it's sort of balanced fairly well from what I played so far. Um, it hasn't felt like oh no here we go it's Juliana, but at the same time it hasn't really been too easy either. It, like it, it's a really good balance. It's I am very awesome happy I'm not playing this at the same time as you because if our history of playing no, Gears not, of War multiplayer is yeah, anything to go um, by. Nah. Don't worry. I would not want to be hunted by you in a bloody. I am not that good at it. Game. I've tried being Juliana, and I wasn't particularly good. And I don't know if that's also because uh, I played on Xbox, but it's got cross-platform on, and maybe I invaded some PC players' game, but I got slaughtered every time I tried. <laughs> so, but it's a really cool concept, and and all I can say is, um, in recent memory, it's one of the the coolest, most engaging games that I've played. It really is. Like, it's a freaking awesome game. I love it. Um, I could play it like after really worth getting through out, yeah. Last of Us Part One. I actually weirdly, not weirdly, but I was actually planning on playing a bit of it, but the whole Asterius ending thing threw my schedule into out of whack because I wasn't expecting that game to leave Game Pass. So um, yeah, but uh, let, no, I'm let looking me forward to trying it out. I'm. Some it's tips. good to know. It's mm. good to know it's cross-platform. I wonder how that works with the whole friends invite only thing because I was we I was actually going to play it on PS5 because that's you know like yeah I'm going to play it on PS5. As yeah, I'm not sure so. how that would work. Yeah, from, start playing from it on PS5. I think it's more that if you because you can get invaded by other people, but it's 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 crossplay in the sense that my understanding is that a PC player could invade you, but I don't yeah, know if yeah. you can get your friend to match up. If they're on a different platform, mm. I don't know how that works. If it works at all, but all yeah. I can also say is, before you start, there are there are a few things that 
hit me up. There's a few things that you're like, huh? <laughs> so, okay, one thing that I would up. say when, when you do start it is it's got a tutorial, so to speak, where there's no point doing certain things because you, you dare I say wasting your time until you kind of go through the loop a few times. And it's, but for someone like me who's like, oh, I got to explore everything, check every single little nook and cranny, you realize, eh, it's probably not worth doing that until you get to a certain point where the loop starts yeah. properly. So yeah, just just play the intro properly for an hour and a half or whatever it is and you'll see. It does seem well, like there's an update so you can play PS5, PC, and Xbox Series all against each other. Sweet. Cool. So is that all, Mike? All yeah. you've been playing? That's pretty much well, it. Well, for me this week, um, I've been playing a lot of games to really catch up on my Game Pass resolution. I'm not going to talk about many of them today, but I will mention a couple. But before I talk about the games, I actually just wanted to just give a you know a bit of a, uh, I guess not a shout out, but like a it, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, right? I just want to kind of just you get this out there that um, if anyone's even interested at all in the Cyberpunk world um, and loves things like Gurren Lagann and and those kind of like really cool stylish anime, Cyberpunk Edge Runners on uh, Netflix is really really cool. Um, it is very it's, cool. Yeah. It's got and weirdly, it's one of those kind of shows that it's not like the B and end all like some people are saying, but it does kind of stick with you. Like there's the way that it all plays out and ends. It's kind of and links back into the cyberpunk world in terms of just even things like music cues. Like so, they use music in the show that is from the game. And you know, I've mm. mentioned in the past that I think the game was really snubbed in terms of like the soundtrack and original soundtrack. That you know, in terms of recognition for that, because it was overshadowed by mm. all the bullshit with the game. Um, it's really brought more life into that as well, where there's you know a big, a huge group of people now coming into the game from that show. So really, really cool. Um, just don't expect it to be the best thing you've ever watched. I think it's really, really cool. But uh, yeah, so oh, no, it was really. Cool. I, did you finish all of it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah, I, fin- I fin- finished watching all of it, and um, really cool story, really cool yeah. character progression stuff like that. The animation itself is um, you. You can tell it wasn't the biggest budget, and it probably wasn't made in a long period of time. It's not probably the quality of. Um, some of the standalone animes that I've seen, but it is really good. It's just, you can tell how they've taken certain shortcuts and certain animations and stuff like that. But nevertheless, totally worth watching for the story. It is in Japanese, so um, hopefully well, it's in English and Japanese. It's both. Oh, There's a dub I, and a, and a was, sub. I didn't see the option. That's so weird. Dude, I tried. On. Subs before dubs, Dude, Mike. That's not a problem. I watched subs. No, I did it. I did it. I watched with, with, with English subs. But I've, that's be- I also thought I actually checked and I could not find an English English um, I've, version. I've, so. actually, I've actually heard the dub's actually pretty decent as well. Okay. So Should I think you'd probably be fine that. either way. I did watch it in yeah. Japanese. But, um, but yeah. yeah same. In terms of games I've been playing, so the first one that I'll talk about um, is... A game on Game Pass called You Suck at Parking. Now, <laughs> this is a game that I knew nothing about except for, you know, its splash screen kind of gave me an idea of it's going to be like a, a fun little arcade game. But what this game was is it's basically like, it's structured like a mobile game in a sense. You complete levels and you get stars like out of three for it. But it's, you're navigating around the world as this little, um, it's like a taxi style car. And the levels are basically these short little skill-based puzzles where you have to park in multiple different parking spots 
but you can't stop your car moving in uh, at all otherwise it like ends that turn and spawns you back and it's taken down it's like a isometric or like bird's eye view style camera setup so, and it, so basically ends up feeling like almost like a skill-based puzzle version of micro machines in a way and it's really really neat it's i actually played it for quite a while it gets pretty tough because they start throwing in things where there will be cops that start appearing and if they hit you then you you get arrested and you get respawned so you have to find a way to make the cops fly off the track there's loop the loops lots of like crazy antics really really neat uh, little game to try out especially if you've got game pass um you know you could probably get your fill of it in in maybe 40 minutes going through the first couple of worlds and if you like it you know there's more to to grab onto there so that's you suck at parking uh, recommended by swinney but the game that i actually think you, more people should actually play is a game that also came to game pass called proteus so proteus mm-hmm. has been out for a while on pc i don't know how long it's been around for but it was in almost like a almost like an early access um i guess state now the game is actually full release even though weirdly on xbox it still says game preview on the box art it's actually it's a 1.0 game it's not actually a game preview and weirdly enough it's not available on pc game pass i think i don't believe it is no i tried because i tried i wanted to do it on pc as well couldn't yeah so proteus is like a retro style first person shooter and a lot of people are making the whole comparison to doom because visually it does look a bit like doom or like blood like duke nukem 3d style graphics but the gameplay to me almost plays closer to something like quake 2 because you Hmm. you know it's 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 a modern feeling game you've got full camera control of course and everything but you can aim down sights you can reload your gun so it feels there's modern touches to it but there's another game that weirdly like the structure of the game reminds me a lot of super mario world yeah it's because of the overworld yeah so you leave when you complete a level you're on an overworld where you move around basically like super mario world and levels can have just like doom did as well and wolfenstein there's like multiple exits sometimes in levels so there's kind of this whole thing of I want to potentially, not in every level, I don't think, but I want to find a second le- um, exit in this first-person shooter retro game to then unlock a new path on the map to get to a new a secret and stuff. It's really, really neat. It's um, Thankfully, you can customize a lot of the visual options. If you don't want a lot of the crazy scanline pixelation graphics, you and can kind 360p. of... 360p. So the default is the art style. I mean, it's part of the art style. is 360p, yeah. so it's super pixelated and stuff. Yeah. But I turned it off, and then I actually turned it back on because I kind of liked it. I'm the same. It, it, yeah. It's clear that they were going for something with the default visual settings, mm. so I, I tried a few things and stuck it back. But um, and how addictive is the gameplay? Like, it's it's really it's, good. The weapons feel really satisfying. It's it's a really solid game. It is. It's got the whole. It is very Doom in the sense that you know you finding a red key to open a red door yeah. and things like that, and you find secrets and you get a hundred percent and stuff. And even the, just the really enemies weird. are so Doom inspired. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's there's, good. There's, it, it works. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Proteus, I, I really recommend it. I actually Same. might go back to it. I played it for quite a bit, but uh, it was really fun. But so. it's not on PC, right? Did it? Doesn't, it's on PC, on... but I don't think it's on PC Game Pass. Yeah, I don't Whoa. think so. Well, at least when, when I checked, I couldn't find it. Yeah. That's I bullshit. started on Xbox, and I'm like, oh, I'll jump on the PC. Maybe uh, I... Let me look it up. I didn't even because know I think that they was... could do that. That's bullshit. Cause it, no, because it was on Steam already. So. Yeah, but why have um, it on Game Pass if it's not on PC? That's interesting, and... yeah. 
console. I don't know why, but I'll, I'll just explain you why it's already on PC because it was on Steam and then got brought to um, sure to Xbox. It is a shame. I'm just looking... it's so solid. Joe would love that game. I reckon. Yeah, I'm just looking it up now. If it's double checking, it's not on PC Game Pass. I can't um, see it on PC though. In, no, it says it's on PC Game Pass, Mike. It is. Okay. Yeah, according to True Achievements. So, but I don't get um, it. Okay, fair enough. When I searched, I can find it. Maybe they just yeah, added it. It's probably the dodgy app. Hmm. Yeah, you probably have to find it via the Windows Store, and it takes you to the bloody app. Yeah, maybe <laughs> bullshit. But yeah, so that's Proteus. But the game I actually will spend a little bit more time to day is um some i guess extended impressions of steel rising so steel rising is the new action rpg from spiders so spiders are developers of a bunch of games i love and some of them you know not so great but uh i still love them all the same um that includes things like of and men the technomancer what mars warlogs and more recently um greedfall which i've talked about in the show quite a bit but those games were more tr- sort of traditional action RPGs in a sense. We're still rising. They've moved into the Souls-like genre. And this is a Souls-like through and through. It Basically, I, I know when this game was announced, I was my initial thoughts were, oh, this is going to be like your Greedfall, where you've got like a hub world, where you can like towns and cities and subquests and dialogue options. They have some of that stuff, but it's it's scaled back and it's really all about... The soul style combat, the soul style level design, um, the whole risk reward, finding a bonfire style thing, you know, having to get back to your body to recover your souls equivalent. It's got an Estus flask, so it's basically souls. Um, but I put about probably 20 hours into this game. I was planning on completing it um, to review on the show, but unfortunately, I didn't start the game for a while because there were a couple of broken or a couple of issues with it and a couple of broken achievements so i decided to wait for them to patch them to make sure it was all good and and didn't cause cause any issues and even in the first patch they've introduced a new game plus mode they've done a lot of rebalancing spiders are really good at actually you know doing those on ongoing optimizations with their games so it's really really cool but still rising so the setting is if anyone doesn't know it's set in like a, a fictionalized version of like the 1700s in paris um under like the the reign of uh, king louis the 14th and sorry 16th and it's basically the whole of paris has been taken over by these crazy robots called automats so you play as one of them called aegis and you're basically on behalf of the queen having to figure stuff out and take down basically just save save paris um and it's a really unique setting it's definitely one that I think a lot of people are going to look at and go, that's not my thing, but it is cool to see a Souls-like in a completely different style because, um, like, from the architecture, it's very Baroque. It's very, like, um, Gothic as well. So there are times when it very does remind me of Bloodborne in a sense that there's lots of run-down streets and, you know, carriages on fire and things, but then it's got the whole French architecture, so it's really neat in that regard. But my first impressions of the game actually weren't that great. So I started playing it and the first, it opens with a cutscene and it's like the cutscene between a conversation between the queen and her assistant and it goes on for ages. Honestly, it's really boring. Then it introduces your character and I'm thinking, man, that first cutscene will just push so many people away and the first thing people are probably going to do is like skip it. So, and the thing is it does give you context around the game, but it's like I think they really could have started way better. Like and then the, the queen game could have been naked or something or in a bath while she's talking to you. 
keep you intrigued. Or maybe, or maybe, have your tits out like uh, yeah, Assassin's, like Assassin's Creed. Creed. Exactly. At least that way maybe you'd be only at the start of the game, watching. not later. In the only game. at maybe. the start, and then after that, it's fine. You don't need to. Or maybe the modding community's done their bit on that part. But uh, even the gameplay at first, I was like, I'm like, oh no, spiders! What have you done? This just doesn't feel right. Nothing felt right at the beginning. But what I realized was, it was the weapon type that. I came with the class I chose. I just really didn't like the moveset. And as soon as I started to get more, a couple more weapons, and I'm like, oh, this feels way better. And the first area is quite linear. And then after you get past those initial couple of, like, like maybe the first hour of the game, if you, you know, you don't get stuck on a boss or anything, then it really does open up. And then the game starts to shine at that point. But unfortunately, I think for some people, especially, you know, if this game ever gets added to Game Pass or anything, I think it will push them away in that first hour. So... That's a bit of a shame, but past that point, I think that the game really started to it started to click with me a lot more. Um, it's not perfect, but there's definitely a lot to love there. So a few things. Um, so the combat is, as I said, it's basically Souls-like. They do have some unique elements. Um, so in general, the combat feels a little awkward, but weirdly once you get used to it it plays into the theme because it's you're a robot fighting other robots so the fact that your character the movement feels a bit off at first ends up actually feeling right if that makes sense it's like weirdly the the slight jank ends up working in its favor in some regards would you say it's kind of like hell point where it's not quite well it's more like i think well, no, it's way more polished than Hellpoint. Um, okay. This is definitely on another level than a game like that. And I love Hellpoint. It's more oh. that like your character movement doesn't, it feels very artificial, but then it's yeah. like, wait, they are a robot. Well, it makes right? sense. So yeah, it, yeah. yeah, so it does actually, even your character Aegis in like standing there in conversations, like her arm will twitch, like, and it feels weird, but it's kind of feels right at the same mm. time. But in terms of some more unique stuff, so they've got a really neat mechanic that i didn't really use properly for first half of the game and i regret it now which was a a cooldown mechanic so you know souls likes how you run out of stamina Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh i can't take any action i've got to wait for my stamina to come back a bit what happens is if you run out of stamina and still rising your character your robot character overheats and you can't do anything for a while but what you can do is you can press a cooldown button and the cooldown button will give you stamina back, but it will cause frost damage. So it's basically okay because oh. it's literally cooling you down. But if you get the timing right, and it's really tough, but you can get a perfect cooldown, which instantly replenishes your stamina, and then you keep going. So once I got used to it, the whole thing is in combat, you attack and attack, and you actually might oh. want to use all your stamina up, perfectly time the cooldown, and then just keep attacking, and you depending on what your stats are, you might be able to do that multiple times so you can just keep whacking away at enemies. So it's pretty cool That's there. a cool concept. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, there's and there's a bunch of other cool things that, you know, I don't really have that much time to get into, but there is, um, you know, there's a module system where you get, you can unlock and upgrade different modules on your, like there's the normal stats you upgrade, but mm-hmm. these modules are like equipable things, but you've got to upgrade you know, your module slot to a slot two and three to upgrade, to insert the higher tier things. So there's a lot of options there. In terms of level design, it's it's basically like your, your soul style. But the unfortunate part is some of it's great, some of it's not so great because these areas are pretty large and there's so many shortcuts and there's so many back streets that 
you can get really lost. And I'm going to kind of break tradition here and say that this is one of the first Souls I've played where I think it actually should have had an area map because oh. there's times when I think that you can get lost quite easily. So, okay. but uh, look, it's as I went further on, they started introducing more variation in the areas. I'm like, thank God I'm not in so many city streets anymore. I'm in like a, a quarry and things like that. Um, the last couple of things I'll say, so difficulty for souls veterans this game is a, probably a bit on the easy side i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just that you know this is not a hard game at all they are actually balancing it to make it a bit more difficult um oh, because okay. you can well you can cheese a lot of the bosses pretty easily just by using items and abilities um but for newcomers it's spot on and there is actually an assist mode that you can toggle on and you can modify a few things so for souls like this is pretty unique. So you can like change the amount of damage you receive. You can change whether or not your souls disappear if you don't get back to your body. You can um, t change how easy it is to get those perfect cooldowns. So the mm -hmm. fact they've got this there is cool. But beware, if you put assist mode on, it will um, lock you out of a few of the more challenging difficulty achievements. So okay. if you're a completionist, don't use the assist mode if you if you want to get them all, basically. But... Um, but look, it's a it's a cool game. I'm 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 enjoying it. I think for for hardcore Souls fans, I think this is definitely worth it. And for people that are a fan of like Spiders, other games, I think this is definitely going to appeal to people. For more casual Souls players and other people, I think that this this is something you should probably wait to either get on cheap or uh, all of Spiders games have basically been added to Game Pass over the years. You know, Greedfall, Technomancer, they've all been PS Plus things like that, games of gold, this game will get added to those services at some point. So I think that, you know, for everyone else, it's worth a try when it jumps on one of those services. So, yeah, still rising. Definitely keen. I'll try it. Cool. All right, well, into our first news story of the week. Well, finally happened. Google is pulling the plug on Stadia. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Stadia was their struggling to say the least game streaming platform so they announced it back in october 2018 with the full reveal at uh, gdc 2019 in uh, march that year so basically you know this this thing's been around for about three years at this point it launched in november 2019 and never really gained much momentum i think that even back then um we were all thinking how long is this going to last um you know but basically, the Stadia general manager, Phil Harrison, released a statement on Thursday this week announcing, uh, basically saying, you know, a few years ago, they launched the, the service Stadia. While Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong tech foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, so it made a difficult decision to begin winding down the service. So a few, I guess, nuts and bolts. Players will continue to be able to use their games until January, 18th of January next year. At that point, then they will no longer have access. And obviously, it's a streaming platform, so there's no thing, oh, download your stuff now. It's all streaming. Uh, Google will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases. So you didn't need to buy any hardware to use Stadia, but there was uh, the controller package that you could purchase. So they will be refunding the purchases made through the Google Store on that and all game and add-on content purchases through the Stadia store. Um, and they will repurpose the tech for other in other areas of the business. So, surprising news, guys? Just on the refunds, they also said that 
if you've bought it from other places that they'll work through a process of how you can get refunds for that as well. So like, I, I think it's pretty amazing that they're refunding mm. all hardware. So cause they're Chromecast ultras and the controller and all game right, purchases, yeah. which were full price and they're refunding it fully. So mm. I'm like, that's pretty, like, I'm actually shocked that they did that, mm. but that's, it's pretty that's nuts. good. I think that's really good. Like you have to say tick to Google for that. But you do feel bad for the devs that were working on Stadia games mm. that they just literally found out yeah. when they publicly announced it. So. Yeah, because I, I, I had no idea. They were still working on the game and then they found out. I feel bad for them, but at the same time, if you were working on an exclusive Stadia game and you started work, let's say, in the last six months, like, I look, I just think it was probably a bad business decision to be working on exclusive study game. Mm. That's my opinion. But it does suck for them. So, And then there's all these great stories that are coming out. Like Kojima was pitching. He was pitching mm. a, a, yeah. a follow-up or like an extension to Death Stranding to be on Stadia exclusively. And they said no, because it was going to be single player only. Damn. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, that may be one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Like Kojima, like it's such a draw. And if he made something exclusive and he's got to, he always delivers as well in terms mm. of like getting it out there, whether it's the greatest games or not, that's a question mark. But that could have been the thing that yeah. kept it alive, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of ironic, I think, because if you asked me a month ago, would I have cared if Stadia didn't exist anymore? Not really. Streaming games didn't really, it didn't click with me. But then I played Resident Evil Village and I was telling you guys about it on the Switch and it's all streamed oh, on the Switch. That. I don't think you did oh. tell us. Oh, I thought I told you guys I tried really? it on um, stream, streaming on the yeah, Switch. Yeah, I remember him so mentioning it briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. So Sorry. it's it's purely streamed on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I went course. to download it and I'm like, really? This runs on the Switch? Uh, okay, sure. And it downloaded it almost instantly. And then I played it and I went, <laughs> you know what? This is actually not bad. It oh, runs okay. pretty good. Pretty good. So I'm not saying I've changed my opinion on on streamed games, but with a decent enough internet connection and an okayish Wi-Fi, I kind of see the potential there. To be honest, mm. I really do. So it is a bit of a shame that they. I was, I was annoyed. Sorry, go on, sweetie. No, no, no. I'll I'll going on a bit of a change of direction. So you go. I was just gonna say like. I was annoyed because I wanted to buy the hardware because I love getting Mm. those controllers. I have so many controllers. Mm. And I'm like, this is such a unique controller because the idea of it is meant to be the controller communicates to your router. Like, I love Mm. that idea. I think that's a really clever idea. Instead of... Because you already get inherent lag if the controller's going to the console and whatever, right? Or the TV, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I love the idea that it's connected directly to your router, the controller... And you could never buy it in Australia. <clears throat> never launched mm. here. <laughs> so, and I would have, I was kind of pissed to be honest, because guaranteed I would have bought it, right? And I would have got all my money back and then <laughs> had the controller still. So I'm like, yep. I'm kind of pissed about that. And I would have had a free Chromecast as well. Fuck. It kind of reminds yeah. me of, so just really quick, um, of the Steam, the, the Steam Link controller. I which had came one, out one, here. Yeah. Which actually did come out here, yeah. and I did end up um, selling mine, I think, or oh. getting rid of it out of returning. I don't remember what I did with it. But um, I kind of regret that. Yeah, I, they, I think it, has, it had cool yeah. potential, and they probably cost a fortune now. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shame. And it, it was actually kind of a cool controller. Like It, it took some t- some getting used to, but it was, it was unique, very unique. Mm. 
Yeah, I just wanted to mention that I remember when they did the whole pitch for Stadia, so that, that GDC presentation, uh, the head of, of uh, Google and everything presenting, and I actually, there was some stuff that they sold me on because I, I while I didn't think every part of it was great, but when it, when it went from that pitch to what they actually started to launch with in almost like a soft launch in those regions that they did, it was just like, it just felt like 20% not even of what they had pitched originally. And it just kind of, it feels like too soon for this whole thing because game streaming, I think, is going to be a massive part of the future. We know not every country is going to be able to get there as soon as you somewhere like the US. But... It is, it's kind of, at least they gave it a shot, you know. I, I, I feel sorry for those developers, as we mentioned before, but at least the customers are getting their money back. So. Yeah, which is great. I, I mean, don't forget the US, there's still a lot of rural areas in the US that they have worse internet than even Australia, right? Oh, yeah. So I definitely think like, you know, South Korea, Japan, they could switch to streaming almost now. Like, I'm kind hmm. of surprised there's not more streaming in those countries. Um, I agree. Like, I think it's way too early, but... The big thing for me with streaming is, like, there is, like, I, I feel like no one has actually made a streaming game yet. And what I mean by that is the massive shift in the model is that you can put all the game logic centrally in the server and have, like, a world that theoretically you could have, like, 100,000 people connect to and interact with, right? Mm. Like, that is impossible to do the way we play games right now. Like, a 100... You know, like Fortnite and all these things. 100 connected players is like stretching the technology to the absolute limit. But like, I just think like whoever makes the first truly streaming game. Metaverse. It, it could really take off. Like, it, like I reckon I'd be like super fascinated if, if someone was able to launch a game where there's like literally 100,000 people simultaneously doing stuff. Like, I just think that would be super fascinating to play something like that. So, you know, you know, it's probably just going to be something like a Roblox. That, that's what it'll be. <laughs> sure. But I don't care. Maybe Kojima. That's what he's doing with Microsoft. Well, that's what I thought. Didn't he? Kojima blocks. He did. He said he wanted to build some sort of crazy something yeah, online, he does. something. He does. Yeah. And he's Well, he's working sense, with so. Microsoft on something. We don't know what the nature of it is, but a cloud based exactly. game. So. And he wanted to do stuff with Stadia. So he's got some idea in his head. So, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see a game like that. And it, that's the biggest shame to me, that Stadia didn't even release one single game that was unique to Stadia, really. Yeah, I, it's there's a list out there of the games that we will essentially lose as part of this, and there's not many. I think, remember that battle... Um, but they'll come out. Bomberman battle, the Bomberman Battle Royale is one of them. Um, but yeah, like... They may bring those games to other platforms, but it is kind of does really suck from a not as many games, but from a preservationist standpoint, streaming is not really doesn't mm. really help with that stuff. No, um, but that's like seasons, right? Like seasons in mm. Overwatch, like they're gone forever now. Like yeah. Destiny Two, most of the Destiny so Two the, content so you can't the play. Overwatch fans. Well, there's a lot of Overwatch fans, right? <laughs> no, just making a bad joke. Um, but yeah, Stadia. Uh, well, we never knew you because he never wrote to Australia. So what, what's, Phil Har- to what's Phil Harrison moving on to, right? Because he launched to PS3, which was like the worst received PlayStation. Xbox One he moved to, right, for that launch. And now he's like Stadia. Like, that guy, how does Man. he get these jobs? Phil Harrison must be a damn good businessman behind the scenes. Because he must have good he knee does- pads. <laughs> <laughs> 
He even worked for Gaikai at some point, which is funny. And luscious lips. PlayStation bought, so. <laughs> it's a smooth right, head. So That's why his head's so smooth. With, with that note, we will move on to the next news story, which is Koei Tecmo and EA have revealed their big new monster hunting title called Wild Hearts. So this is a new game developed by Omega Force, the, the mob behind all the Warriors games and a bunch of others. Um, and the game, as much as it is obviously super inspired by Monster Hunter, it's also could be considered like a pseudo continuation of their own Tokenen series. So t- Tokenen series were, um, there were two games. One, I think it came out first on the P, the Vita, I believe. Um, I could be wrong about that. It might be PSP. But basically it was their own take on Monster Hunter. And it was also set in feudal Japan, like Wild Hearts. But um, there were some articles that I was reading in interviews on IGN where they're basically saying that, look, they wanted to create a new IP because, because it would be a broader audience. And the fact that this is being published by EA means they have a chance to obviously, the best chance as possible to reach a, a big audience with this. So as mentioned, it's a, like a Monster Hunter style game. It um, is coming 17th of Feb 2023 for PC PS5 and Xbox Series X, so it's not a last-gen game at all. And the game, basically, they're touting it as a new kind of hunting game with unique crafting mechanics. And for anyone that's seen the trailer, unfortunately, we can't bring it up now, but it is basically, it does look very Monster Hunter-esque, but then they've got these really weird abilities where they're, like, building towers and and gliding off objects and creating giant hammers for these boxes, and it's almost... Fortnite-esque in, in some way, but it looks neat. It's, it looks like its own a, a unique take on that. Um, and will be single-player or three-player co-op with cross-play support. So, Wild Hearts, I don't know if you guys uh, caught the trailer for this. I did, I did. I did, but fuck me, I think I watched the wrong trailer. What trailer did you watch? I put it in the group chat. Wait, you didn't watch chat? Sayonara I mean, sorry, Wild not in the group Hearts, chat. I put, I put it in the... Um, the I put secret it in chat? The, no, no, in, in, the, in the YouTube... Oh, you can't, post links. you can't post you can't post them you just can't no copy. no you have to you're not talking about say, no, sayonara wild you can't, hearts, like you? you post it you can see it but no one else can it's the shadow oh. shadow block those okay it's so if you if you go to youtube and you search for our our wild hearts our like our our wild hearts wait what our is <laughs> spell in it O-U-R. oh you are oh you are wild hearts official trailer how'd you find this like how, this because is a movie man. For our wild hearts that's a movie i know but what? clearly i watched the wrong one i tapped in our wild hearts and i did watch it it's got horses and shit so i'm like okay monster hunter fair enough i guess they're hunting horses mike but don't bullshit me the two results underneath a bloody wild hearts game even if i type in wild hearts but i didn't type game in i just typed in wild hearts movie trailer no you didn't anyway this might have some repercussions on our thumbnail this week anyway let's move on jesus um so, Indigo, I don't know, what What are your thoughts? So obviously, yeah, you're like, a fan of Monster Hunter Rise, but you're new to the series, so... Yeah, for sure. Like, and I'm not, like, that au fait with uh, Monster Hunter games, but I've only played Monster Hunter Rise, which I really like, and I think I will look at Monster Hunter World, because I do own it. Um, but yeah, look, it looks like Monster Hunter. I mean, like, what else can I say? Mm. Like, It looks good, though. It, it looks, looks good. good. There's one thing, though, like, I don't know how many Monster Hunters I can have in my life, you know? Like, mm. yeah, sometimes like I think with a series, it's almost like, like, I, honestly, 3D platformers, like, I love Mario. Like, I keep banging on every time there's a Nintendo Direct. When are they going to announce the next Mario game? 
But if there's other 3D platformers that are really good, I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's called Tinykin. You should play it. Yeah, Only it doesn't have Mario in but it. No, but no, my point really is good. like, I don't know. I just can't have too many of those games, right? And these games are so full on, so long. I've already got my Monster Hunter. I, I, I'd have to like blow my socks off to jump well, into it. Well, this one has looks cool. boxes you can stack up and then do all sorts of cool Which I hate that shit. I hate that shit. I'm glad they got rid of that in Fortnite. Yeah, I did watch the trailer. <laughs> I'm glad they got they rid of that in ri- Fortnite. No they build. didn't get rid of it in Fortnite. No they build. just made a new mode. Yeah, but um, that's the most popular mode now. No build. I think so, this is different. I think this is just a, a, a way that they try Fortnite to incorporate... No build? Yeah. <laughs> Different powers in a concept that fits the world, I guess. I think this game looks looks really cool. Now, I am definitely behind on on my Monster Hunters. I I do need to get to Rise Mm. at some point. But the what I hope for this, and I don't know much about. I did quickly look it up, but much about the interface of the Tokenen games because obviously that's where they're probably going to get a lot of inspiration for things like the UI. Because with Monster Hunter, I would never say I'd want Monster Hunter to change what it does in terms of user interface and its weird mechanics because that's Monster Hunter. That's what the fans love. It's what the series is known for. It's been really obtuse at the start and you figure it all out. But this game would appeal to me if it's just much simpler and much just more straightforward of, hey, there's not a, it's not a clunky interface or it's not an interface that you have to basically learn or take all these tutorials just to understand. Yeah. So yeah. I'm... I do hope it, it's just an almost like a more streamlined version of something like Monster Hunter. So, mm. so yeah, cool. So that was Wild Hearts. Now for the next story is a big update on E3. So this week we had basically confirmation that the we knew that it was coming in 2023, but it's with the amount of things that have chopped and changed with E3 in the past couple of years. It's never a certain thing at all. But now we have confirmation that they are returning to an in-person event, but there's some changes. So announced earlier this year, being, it's being run by a different company. Now, it's still, still the ESA's baby because that's E3, but it's now being managed by Repop. So that might not be a household name for a lot of people, but Repop are the people behind PAX and they're behind some of the Comic-Cons. So they obviously know their stuff. And they're also... I, what I didn't realize is they actually own a whole bunch of websites, including Eurogamer and Digital oh, Foundry. Oh. And, yeah, I didn't know And that. Um, Nintendo Digital Life and things well, like that. Wow. So hmm. what, watch around E3 time, those websites just absolutely get slammed I with that. Digital Digital Foundry Foundry they wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, Digital Foundry and Eurogamer I know have always been related, but I didn't know they're under the Repop banner at all. So, But yeah, so what is the show going to be like next year? So in 2023, it will be the first in-person event in four years. Uh, We'll be running from 13th of June till 16th of June. Obviously, I don't think any of us are going to be there because it is in LA as usual, unless we want to jump on a plane. You never know. But but it will have a new format, so or like a modified format. So for anyone who doesn't know, EA used to be a business-only event, like business attendees only, but a lot of the general public still found their way in somehow, right? Mm. Then they started introducing general public tickets, so it became more of a consumer event mixed with some of the business elements. Now they're actually kind of dividing that up a little bit. So the first two days will be reserved for business attendees only where, you know, they'll do, you know, whatever meetings they need to do, whatever, like, hands-on impressions. The third day will be a mix of the two and then the last day will be consumers only. So that will be probably the big day that, you know, everyone from the public will go. Consumers. Um, Is that what we are now? Consumers. And the layout (sighs) will reflect that as well, the actual physical layout of the expo. So... 
I think it's a good move to split it up. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's like a bit like Comic Con, right? Like that was actually a proper con originally. Now it's an opportunity to monetize people that come in <laughs> and like make hmm. a shit ton of money. So I get it, like perfectly from a business point of view, hmm. makes perfect sense. For whatever reason, like E three is just got a cachet in the gamer culture, right? Like hmm. no matter what uh, Jeff Keighley tries to do to like get summer games fest off the ground in my view that hasn't landed in my head you know what i mean and i feel like yeah. something about it i just don't like yeah it's, it's not it cohesive is. enough for me it's too all over the like place it. it's too it's too trying to be the fucking <laughs> a copy of the the i don't know oscars or something for gaming and i just fucking no that's that's game award that's game awards it's the summer games fest yeah i like the summer. game awards i yeah, love okay, that. summer games fest well, i hate the summer i hate the Summer Games Fest, you're right. That, that is more okay. But the Game Awards and stuff, I just hate that format for some reason. <laughs> We're not talking about the Game Awards. But anyway. <laughs> but no, I so don't E3, like Summer E3 Games Fest. felt more it's... genuine. I don't know why. Well, I, I, I don't know if it felt ever genuine for me, but... I don't know, just more like... I don't know, I can't put my finger in. I really can't. I can't rationalize it, if that makes sense. I'm just like... <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to rationalize, but look, like, I think it's got a good cachet. It makes sense. You know, people are going to look forward to it. It just needs good support, I think, from the three major platforms because it feels like they're all mm. pulling away from it. Remember, like, you could argue, oh, the pandemic's changed it. But even the year before the pandemic, Sony was pulling out of E3. And then Nintendo's well, already pretty much pulled out of it. So. I don't know, man. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes in 2023. Yeah, look, the fact that it's got the people behind PAX on this means that I've got a lot more confidence than Mm. I've ever had in E3. Um, Now, PAX is very much a consumer show, and it's it's got a lot more indie representation and the show floor and, and, and whatnot than E3 ever had. But I think that they will probably start to meld that in a bit more. You know, obviously PAX has its identity, E3 has its identity, but they've also talked about the fact that they do want to build stronger relationships with the adjacent events that aren't officially part of the calendar. Now, they've kind of done that in the past, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a bit more of a a relationship between Jeff Keeley and his Summer Games Fest and this. Mm. Then there, you know, that I think was not a chance before, but I think that there's... I think there's more of a chance that he might start to kind of, you know, because he was already spooking the E3 press conferences <laughs> last year when he was doing, or this year, I should say, when doing Summer Games Fest. But now he might not get a slap on the hand for doing it this year, you know, so. Well, he used to but, produce uh, it. He used to produce yeah. the main day or whatever. So I think he'd go back to that if it, if it has momentum. Like, he, I don't think he's, like, I think he's of the mentality from a business sense, try to lift everything up, you know, all yeah. all. Rising tide lifts all boats, kind of thing. So, but yeah, yeah. but I'm just excited for the ones. <laughs> hmm? I'm just excited if this means E3 gets another lease of life because it was really on its deathbed for a it few was. years there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a really, really good news to me. So. Same, and I yeah. like those events. I can kind of see though from from a um, a a company like Microsoft Sony going, holy shit! How many things are in the calendar now that we have to prepare things for, announce things for, etc. It can probably also get a bit tiring. It used to be so much more simpler, I think. Now there's a lot of things that they have to do it for. So they, I can see why they're just being a bit more picky. Yeah. I, I just, the biggest thing I liked about E3 is like when there's just like a shit ton of news all at once. Mm, that like that's bits. cool. And that's what that's I like about I'm... the Game Awards because it's like, yeah. 
okay, just a concentrated burst. It's like, okay, just watch this one thing. And then also the cringe present stage presentations. I hope that comes back. Like that shit is up my alley. Like if if the cringe comes back and they're all rusty because they haven't done face to face stuff, that's gonna be awesome. Oh actually yeah, make been... it hybrid. It's even worse. It's even more complicated. So that's even better. <laughs> I it's interesting that I mean I, I guess it makes sense that they're going back to being in person again. I I don't know about you guys, but I, I went to, to a regional uh town um and they had a market and Man, it felt like the pandemic is just long gone. It's, it's like no one <laughs> even remembers it anymore. This, Fully packed, no one like just this, mingling. This name of this place, it's interesting. regional town, is is it also appear in various day life, the video game? <laughs> Mike, 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 probably did the entire Nintendo Direct. The Nintendo Direct. I did not. Whoosh. It's like a double whoosh. It's a double whoosh. <laughs> yeah. No, double whoosh. All right, cool. So the last bit of news for this week is there's a bit of a chunk uh, in terms of the Just like I me. Guess the, the talking points. Little Mike. Thank you, Mike. For, thank you, Mike, for that. Chunker, uh, no, isn't I've, I've gained heaps of weight thanks to the pandemic. Oh, All right, I thought, Mike, I thought that's Mike. what you call your business. Oh, no, 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 no. Five inches so it's thick. It's a bit of a weird story okay. because it's not, on the surface, it's not the most newsworthy thing. But to me, I think that it has a lot of potential impact and a lot of, I guess the the change of the industry, if this happens, could be pretty pretty big. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that the Saudi Arabia's Savvy Games Group um, are in the market to buy a leading game publisher. That's their own words, leading game publisher. Now, the Savvy Games Group is owned by Saudi Arabia, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, set up by Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Now... That fund is the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world with total estimated assets of 620 billion US dollars. I so can't remember. And it's not, it's not obviously not just related to video games. There's a whole bunch of ventures there, but I'll get into what they've announced in terms of the new spending they're going to do on the video game side. But the market, the moves they've made so far in the video game industry, we've covered some of these in, in passing throughout the, in the episodes because some of these date back to 2020. So in 2020, they acquired uh, a third of Japanese developer SNK as part of their subsidiary called Electronic Game Development Company. And then in Feb this year, they um, increased the stake to 96% ownership. So they own SNK, basically. So that was one of the first major moves they made, that uh, that third percent of SNK. Now, in 2021, the fund purchased stakes in EA um, and... Take two interactive and Activision Blizzard. So they basically just started, obviously, spreading some some of their their, their fingers out in the the different big publishers, and probably the biggest ones um, to me are this year they actually purchased the five percent stake in Nintendo, which we did talk about in the show, and an eight percent stake in Embracer Group um, a month later for a billion dollars. So that was around the same time that embracer group was um purchasing a whole bunch of stuff themselves so they obviously had that influx um of funds coming from there as well so what does this mean for this week you know why is this newsworthy now so according to saudi state news the group will invest a further 37.8 billion us dollars in games industry acquisitions so they've broken it down a little bit so 13 billion will to be acquired that to acquire a leading game publisher that I said, uh-huh. and they use the term publisher, not developer. 
18 billion will be used for minority stake investments in key companies that support their game development agenda. 5 billion will go to mature industry partners who add value and expertise to Savvy's portfolio. That's such a an ambiguous statement, that one. And 500 million will go to industry disruptors and esports companies. So they've outlined that stuff, but Wait, of industry course the disruptors big... and esports companies bucketed into one. Okay. Well, I mean, like industry NFT, NFT stuff. They want to say, it's but they don't want to say NFT. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't want to say it because they know the heat they'll get. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll come, we'll come back to the leading game publisher part, but I just want to say that it's all part of their Vision 30, 2030, not thirty thirty policy. That'd be a long to, to policy that one. 2030 policy, which basically they want to have a, a global game studio um, in Saudi Arabia releasing 30, they put competitive okay. games. I'm like, what does competitive games mean? Um, and 250 game companies operating, operating within the company, uh, the country by 2030. So Ooh, they're going all in on this stuff. And it's uh, the, you know, the Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince, is actually the chairman of the of the Savvy Games Group, so he's uh, obviously pretty hands on with this stuff. But it's it's really weird to me because there's also like I, I follow a lot of wrestling, and you know they've they're spending a lot of money on the wrestling side as well, and it's kind of it's man, it's it's kind of wild what's happening there. But so, what do you guys think about this? They're them stating they want to purchase a leading game publisher. Well, I think like. Number one, it makes perfect sense why the Saudi uh, dictatorship want to diversify their portfolio because it's like fossil fuels is almost everything. And if you actually look at all their acquisitions, it's almost like completely opposite from a market dynamics, right? Like gaming, wrestling, entertainment. It's got nothing to do with, you know, uh, mining and and things of that nature. So that makes perfect sense. Hmm. Like I... Honestly, like, I don't think I can buy any SNK games anymore. Like, I struggle even with, like, Chinese stuff, but the Saudis are another level altogether, man. And it's not the people. I actually know people from Saudi Arabia, but it's got nothing to do with the people. It's just the government, right? And, look, the Middle East is full of dictatorships, but it's crazy over there. Like, the lack of rights for people. Like, Mm. insane. And I find it really hard to watch stuff like the F1 when it's in Saudi Arabia because I'm like, this is so effed up. Like even this, the race this year, they actually had a bombing that was like 10 kilometers away from the track and they go, oh, there's no risk to the F1 race. They weren't targeting in the race. They're targeting Aramco. And I'm like, well, the race is sponsored by Aramco. It's like, wouldn't that be a good target? But um, yeah. So look, I understand why they're doing it. This makes me feel like sick though, because if they actually buy a huge studio that I love, like a Capcom or something like that. Oh, like boycott the studio. And I I'm not big on boycotts. It's just like normally it's like, ah, oh, look, I don't need to get a new metal uh metal slug game, right? Like metal slug yeah. tactics, right? There's I, I was interested in that and then I was like, no, I'm not interested in it anymore. But I've got replacements, so it's quite mm. easy to do that. Mm. But something like Capcom, it's like I'm really looking forward to Street Fighter Six and it's like, oh so but do you want to go through the list really quickly of some of the some of the well, studios look, I, or publishers. I just, I just had a look at the, you know, some of the leading game publishers. Uh, I didn't include anything about like Sony, Microsoft. So, I, you know, I didn't also include Activision Blizzard as part of that, assuming that's under the Microsoft banner when all that wraps up. 
Um, and there's definitely some in this list that are not going to be on on the you know potential block. But in terms of the, I guess the publishers that are out there. So in the US, we've got EA, we've got Take Two, we've got Valve, we've got smaller ones like Devolver, Annapurna, Axis, W Games, which is a bit of a weird one. Obviously, that's a bigger company behind it. But so, and there's more, but they're kind of like the ones in the US that I kind of just when I was looking through, I'm like, well. You know what? What's out there? Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be those first two. Well, the first two, it's impossible. Like based on yeah. the numbers that they're saying, I, I, but EA that makes was weird. perfect sense. Well, it's, they're way too big. They'd be like, <laughs> I well, know, yeah, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Well, then I would have to not worry about any of those EA games. <laughs> I think Valve is very hard to value, and they're not really like fully publicly listed, so they're hard to say. Hmm. Yeah, WB is like super logical, right? It is, it is. Um, I definitely don't think someone like Devolver or, or Annapurna, I don't know how the business world works with like, um, you know, hostile takeovers and things, but they're obviously, they're, I think eth- ethically they're very different companies than some of the bigger boys. So um, I can't see them them coming to But it's not a hostile takeover. They just will go. No, hey. I'm, I'm just, no, I was just saying, like, I don't know how it works with, oh, I want to buy this company in terms of getting the shares and stuff. It's more just, I just don't think there would be even in consideration. So, but they could. They could. Why? Why can't they? They're, if they're publicly listed, of course they can. Well, that's that's what I was saying. I'm not sure about the whole surrounding stuff surrounding that because I'm I'm not the smartest person when it comes to business acquisitions and shares and stakes and all this crap. But in terms of Europe, because I don't think any of the US makes sense, in, in my opinion, uh, mm. I think Europe has a lot more options. So. Ubisoft, Ubisoft of options in Europe. Ubisoft's kind of tied up with Tencent at the moment. I think that if anyone's going to buy Ubisoft, um, it'll eventually be Tencent. Maybe. But we've got Embracer Group. So I mentioned at the top that Embracer Group are pretty massive now. Um, that they already own eight percent of them, or they've got eight percent of the the stake in that. So Embracer Group's definitely potential. You got Nacon, who published Still Rising, that I was talking about earlier. Folks Home Interactive, Five or Five Games, you know they publish um, Control, a whole bunch of other stuff. Paradox Interactive, and you got Team Seventeen as well. So a lot more there now. Your consideration of a leading game publisher is could be very different, you know, between everyone, but. You know, a lot of them, they're publishing a lot of games. So I don't know what their market value is like, though. Yeah, and when I, they say $13 billion, like, to put it in perspective, Ubisoft really wouldn't, even based on the current, like, uh, minority stakes mm. that people are bought in them, they'd be worth, like, $8 billion, $10 billion. So it's bigger than Ubisoft. Huh. Like, that puts it in perspective. It's like, mm. like, all the ones that you said, it actually, like, none of them are actually big enough to argue for that number. I don't know. I wonder what but Embracer they don't have Group to spend is like, though. That amount, they can spend less. They could get a deal. Net income for Embracer Group is terrible. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of studios and they have a lot of equity and all this other stuff, but their revenue is actually really poor. Like, sorry, so the income is really poor. Now that thirteen billion is obviously not. It has to be thirteen billion, though. You know, like they could also be. Sure. They could make a bunch of stuff, but the fact that they've already bought into them in yeah. a decent capacity um, is yeah. why Embracer, to me, is one of the more uh, likelies. In terms of Japan, and I'll split out Japan and Asia because they're kind of very different in the video game uh, industry. Um, Nintendo, Bandai Namco, Konami, Sega, and Capcom are the ones that... There's more, but they're kind of the big names. And these are the ones that you're like, oh, man, like this would hurt if mm. they 
sport. Who? Like Sega, for instance. I don't know what Sega's value at, but I could see that. You know, I really could see that. Um, yeah, no, that I, new Sega, that new Hedgehog game looks sick. So, but I think what's really critical to understand here is that you got to understand the country's laws and the way they're structured. So. I don't think they can buy these companies outright because this is what they're talking about, that they're buying it completely. There's very strict what? laws in Japan about how you acquire Japanese companies, like in full. And there's a big, there's a reason why it just doesn't happen at all. Like outside of like mergers between, uh, you know, Japanese entities. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Look, surely is it not the same approach that the people SNK now? I know it's a different scale, but that's a Japanese company. Yeah, I wonder how they bought them out. That's a good point. Uh, now they have ninety six percent ownership. Yeah, so I don't no, it's know a really good point. But it's just then, I know yeah, that it's, it's very basically uncommon. full ownership at that point. Yeah, it's, that's actually mm. a really good point. Yeah, I, I, I have some thoughts that. while you guys are thinking about that. Um, and look, you guys, I think I'm going to joke around this, but it, I'm not 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 kidding at all. Um, so, so first of all, it makes perfect sense, as into God said. I mean, the oil is eventually going to run out. You need to diversify. You need to go into things that make money and what makes a lot of money video games especially specific video games by specific publishers um so i think that's that's a no-brainer you know it's just one one other thing and i think someone someone in our chat so uh fale i'm sorry if i mispronounced your name also said that you know they they own a whole bunch of stuff so they own um soccer clubs um Hmm. as, as an example newcastle united um and it makes oh, sense yes. and he's saudi the, the, as well yeah and I was, there was already it was perfect I was timing. Position. There was already a lot of notes in the run sheet. I decided not to yeah. include everything else. Um, I own. Yeah, I know. So, so no, I'm not going to go through the whole list. But, but what I think, what I think, I hate out of sheer principle more than anything in a way is games began as a fairly humble industry where people literally made them in garages. Uh, it was a bunch of people getting together sharing their passion, creating these cool things to share with the world. Naturally, like with anything, it went bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually, like with anything, it gets run over by corporations. Faceless people in the end who don't really give a fuck or have a particular passion for something, they're just after the money. And it was interesting, I was listening to to a song today, um, I have no idea, I just randomly came up on a playlist, and it's a country song about a guy who... Um, talks about his farm and how he can't... He says sorry to his son that he can't pass anything on to him because he can't make ends meet anymore because the money needs to... The bank needs to take the farm because they wouldn't be able to pay the, the payments and the guy at the farm okay, goes, okay, sorry, okay, I'm yeah, just doing my, my job. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so this idea that, you know, we're becoming slaves to these corporations, which is basically what cyberpunk is, right? Um, but I mean, it this, just, this it just is... grinds my gears, man. It, it, but it, that's... It that's... Sh- that's not that's not specific to the video game world, you know. That's just, no, no, it's not specific to the video game world. But I'm not good, passionate. I don't give a shit if they go and buy something else. I am passionate about video gaming, and I'm passionate about an industry that began as a humble thing, and that still to this day has a lot of people who are really passionate about the field. Hmm. You don't get. I mean, I know you you get. You're passionate to go into bio biomedicine or something. You're passionate to go into those kind of things. But gaming was always a different thing. It was supposed to be an enjoyable experience. It's I, not. It's a business now, and it fucking I know, shits me. I, well, of course, it's I know he's. I know he's saying, Mike, but I think that like that, it's so far gone at that point. You know, outside of indie developers and some indie publishers, you know that you should be pissed off about the majority of companies are, are 
making video games these days. But but the, in terms of I just oh I was just gonna just close off the the ones that we did mention. Just so I just want to just before we get stuck there. Well, I did have something I just want to mention to Mike what he was saying before we went. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, go all right. Go. I was just gonna say like, but the only thing, Mike, is that you know the system that you're talking about just doesn't work, right? Like you haven't added an example with Disco Elysium, right? So that's made by what is a ZA slash UM. Right, and they have some kind of communist, you know, collective. The way they they create their games, but they actually got taken over because they didn't structure the entity correctly. So these people that they I shouldn't laugh because it's a bad story, but this is only breaking today that mm. the people who actually were the creative force behind Disco Elysium, like, have been basically screwed by some early investors that were able to manipulate their company and take it over. Right, no. but wow. I'm just saying, like, that's just the nature of it. Like, that's a system that we exist. Yeah, in but I don't accept right? it. Yeah, it's the it's a system in the nature, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. I fucking hate it, <laughs> and I hate it with a passion. I don't, I don't accept it. And yeah. the only and way I, I can, you know, deal with it is like you said, just boycott and not yeah, not buy into some of those companies. You, you buy the, more indie games. Do, do that. that. Yeah, 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 you have the choice sure. to do that, and, and right, it's exactly we, the choice that I will. Let Let's loop back around, right? Because otherwise, it's going to take forever. So, <laughs> of the Japanese companies, is there any that you guys think that is likely that they could take out? Capcom. Well, I think Nintendo's impossible because <laughs> it's way too big. But I think the other ones are all like, I think Capcom, dude. Like, it makes me yep. sick. The one mm. that you haven't listed here is Square Enix, and yeah, that's they're that actually like well. they Brilliant. are like yeah. almost more perfect because they've gotten NFTs, rid of some baby. Of, no, no, but they've gotten rid of some of the other like edgy parts of their mm. business. So they've cleaned yeah. up their business. They're almost like. Wanting to be acquired, it's kind of crazy. Like, that would make me sick if it's like Capcom or Bandai Namco or Konami. Like, yeah. I, I don't really know what would what it would be, but maybe that actually makes sense. Like, if they tried to cut off their business, like their video game part, I couldn't mm. imagine it, like everything going there because you know how they've got their big gambling pachinko machine business. Like, that's yeah, bigger yeah. than you know the video game part of, part of their but business. But at the same time, it's what you'd go for because it's a uh, cash cow. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'll. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the strategy of the Saudi fund is. I yeah, I've no idea when how gambling plays into that as well. Like gambling is a very ethical thing, and there's different laws yeah. in different countries that could. Yeah, they're really the, ethical. The Saudis. Yes. Yeah, no, the dictatorship. No, no, I should say, not the people. No, what I'm saying is that look, when you bring gambling to the mix, it's a whole different playing field than the video games. So, uh, but yeah, look, I yeah, Square Enix, I. I I guess I neglect to put them on there. I think that I don't know what Bandai Namco's like net worth is at the moment, but you know they they've they release so many bloody games. Yeah. So um, it's kind of it's wild. Um, I but, would absolutely hate if if they picked them up. So. But once you talk about thirteen billion, you're you're literally only cutting off Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, yeah. Take Two, maybe Valve. I'm not that familiar. And then I think everything else is actually fair game. I think like literally yeah. everything else. Because that's all, by the way, $13 billion <clears throat> is a shitload of money. Like the okay. company I work at is like not even worth that much. And it makes a yeah, bucket ton of change for money. them though. <laughs> yeah. I know a couple I know. more barrels here and there. And also, by the um, way, Swinney, correction, it's not the biggest sovereign wealth fund. Bizarrely enough, the biggest sovereign wealth fund is the Norway sovereign wealth fund, which oh, is okay. so crazy. 5.5 uh, million people and it's $1.2 trillion. Of assets, like it's crazy. Interesting, because they well, people don't know. Like Norway has so much oil, like they have the biggest like 
social, uh, uh, what's it called, catchment where like, that's the best country to be born in, Norway. Like mm. you'll never be poor there. Well, wherever I picked that quote up, obviously they were they were ill informed. But I, I decided to spurt re, re regurgitate that. So that's <laughs> hey, yeah. One look, thing, so no, you go, you go, Sweeney. No, I was going to say, look, I, as you said, you know, like there is a clear. I think you got to really separate the people versus oh, the yeah. government and yeah. everything there. Um, but it is unfortunately the government that's involved in this fund, and you know, the guy at the top essentially is the Directly. guy at the top of this as well. And so you can't, unfortunately, separate that opinion from this this thing we love, these video games, you know, at least us two. Mike's, Mike's waving here, wavering here and there between his love based on this stuff. But uh, it's... So it does really suck if it does impact the games we love in a negative way. But look, a lot of it will be wait and see with that, um, unfortunately. Even if they make the purchase, it, we might not see the any negative repercussions for a long time as well. Well, I, it would be hilarious in a sick way if they did buy Nintendo. It would be the greatest <laughs> Ooh, challenge in my that. life. I, like, I must admit, I, I look, and you just to reiterate it, I know you just said it, this has got nothing to do with the Saudi people at all. Like I said, I've known mm. people from Saudi Arabia. There's zero issues, right? It, it's the dictatorship there, right? It's brutal. It's And it's literally supporting that dictator. Like I just double checked it all because it is true that you can you can buy Japanese companies. It's been liberalized a lot in the last you know ten years, and the actual company that acquired it is literally the Prince Mohammed bin Salman Foundation. Like it's not like in the name of the Saudi people or anything. It's like fucking for him personally. Like he's probably the richest person, maybe Putin, but maybe he's the second richest person on earth, right? And. Uh, I, I really find it hard to... Maybe he'll buy uh, Collingwood Football Club as well, just to really fuck me <laughs> up. <laughs> Dude, I, like, I'll say this seriously, though. I would seriously think about not supporting them. Like, that's how much I wow. dislike this, this dictatorship. But anyway. See, it, it's, I, again, we're on the same wavelength, wavelength in terms of whether would you support something out of principle or not. But at the same time, it's I, I think of a company like Bioware. The Bioware that used to be Bioware isn't Bioware anymore. And do I care that they've been taken over and or that I'm never going to get another Mass Effect game? Honestly, not really. Like, those are great games. I enjoyed them in that period of my life. It was fantastic. I don't give a shit if there's not going to be another Mass Effect game coming out. And it's the same with all of these. If 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 a company gets taken over and I'm not going to get a sequel or something, tough shit. Water under the bridge. Well, Move on to something else. Well, Mike, I think you forget there is another Mass Effect game coming yeah, out. It's officially announced. <laughs> no, no, I so know that. We but will what, see... what, what I'm saying is, like, like I don't, I'm not going to lose sleep over them taking yeah. over my favorite company. Fuck it. This is a but no, no, heaps no. of other games out there that I no, can play instead. The thing is, Mike, what if they take something over and they make good games? Like, that's actually the challenge. Oh, that would be the worst part. That's, like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's the challenge. It's like... I yeah, think with SNK, they're not going to f around with it. They're just going to buy it. It's a, very similar to like mm. the Chinese, you know, controlled entities. They buy it and just let people do wow. what they want. So mm. that's the challenge. So, well, that's a, as I said, it was a bit of a chonker <laughs> of a one that I think is has the most potential impact out of like Stadia shutting down. Sucks, but man, like this potentially could impact the oh, yeah. Yeah, industry massively. Sure. So, 
All right, well, let's quickly wrap up uh, the news and some of the headlines we want to talk about um, in the big sizzler. So we've got a bunch of headlines here. Um, we skipped it last week because it was just, uh, there was a lot to talk about. But um, boys, is there anything on the list here that you wouldn't mind just quickly talking about? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has cleared 20 million sales. Uh, CD Projekt Red claimed on Wednesday, out of which probably about half were purchased by me. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty I wonder, good. Some and some people have been talking about this as well, as like, does that include anything they actually refunded? Or is that just like the oh, yeah. initial numbers? Know. You know? Oh, so I don't know how no many way they would let it off. I don't <laughs> think they had that many refunds, by the way. Yeah, I don't, it wouldn't make it that much of a dent, but yeah. Look, um... Well, yeah, that's we mentioned the other sh- like couple of shows back. We're like, oh, do we think that game will have its um, No Man's Sky kind of redemption moment? I still don't think it will happen, but mm-hmm. there's been a lot of a tur- there has been a big turnaround in the last month or so um, off the back of the you know Edge Runners and all that stuff. So yeah, I was thinking that too. Maybe it will have a little bit of a comeback, but I I don't think it's going to have that. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's definitely made a comeback. It's like hitting massive highs on Steam. Hmm. Like, it actually is like smashed it on Steam. I think it's like massive concurrence, like almost like similar to launch. So, it's just higher than. I agree with what you're saying, though, Swinney. I don't think it will ever have a redemption story. Mm. I think the only way it would happen literally would be like Cyberpunk 2099 or something like that. And it's a great game. Like, that's the only way I can see it redeemed. Because the redemption is more about the general consensus opinion on did they turn it around, and yeah. that is still definitely not the case. So but that's as why much I as said, I love, if, as much as I love the game, if they did the DLC for free as a goodwill gesture, and I know that I, I don't know the numbers and stuff, but hey, you just sold twenty million copies of this. Apparently, well, maybe you can afford to just do it as a goodwill gesture and just forget about until the next game. That I reckon might have actually, people would have gone, hey, this is fucking cool. This is really good. Because I think that was part of what no, what made No Man's Sky what it was, that they kept pumping all those updates out for free. And then people went, That's well, true. okay, how can I be mad? How can I be angry at these people? They're fucking giving mm. me all this free shit now and improving it and making it what it's supposed to be. They're, you know, they're straight to, they just fucked up, basically. Mm. But with these guys, ooh, I think they shut themselves in the foot for not doing that. But anyway... Yeah, but um, I just hope my collector's edition is going to be worth more than what I paid for it, which I doubt. <laughs> Never, no way, zero Probably chance. Probably not. Hey, maybe <laughs> but, um, in like ten years. Maybe in ten years' time. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, CD Projekt Red seem to be a company that doesn't care about money in terms of releasing on a console that never should have been released on. Even though they tested it, it was perfectly fine. Like it worked for them. So. Well, you know what? I, I, we, we, we have jobs where you, you know, you have to release, and we've talked about this in the past. We have to oh, yeah. release a particular Dude, thing. Dude, I'm going and, through that now. I'm going through that and now. And you're going, you go to management, and you go, it doesn't fucking make any sense to be <laughs> releasing this thing, right? Like, it makes zero fucking sense. Yeah. They, in all their knowledge, don't give a shit about what you have to say. They go ahead and fucking do it, and it makes zero fucking sense. And then it doesn't get used, or it's got all these issues, or customers fucking hate it, and, well, too bad. Dude. I, I can't say, I genuinely can't say too much. I'm going through that at the moment. But again, it it does go to the senior levels of leadership. And just like Cyberpunk, like, they literally needed to make a call and say, fuck, like, it's gonna yeah. suck. We need to rip the bandaid off and say, this is not coming out yep. for PS4 and Xbox One, right? 
and they didn't do it. Like, yeah. and, and I, they get paid obscene amounts of money to yeah. make the right decision. And, and they I don't. think that's fine. Like, they stuffed up. I don't and think they it's should... fine. I think it's no, I'm saying bullshit. it is what it is. They need to be held over the coals for it and not yeah. forgiven for it. Like, but they won't. They'll on. just get a, a bonus and move on with their lives. Mm. It's not listed here, Swinney, but um, Analog Pocket, uh, the crazy AGG23 person, released the NES Core this mm-hmm. week. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Right? Was why why did we do a story about it? I couldn't be bothered <laughs> yeah. adding the details. But, well, um, I don't know if you guys read in, in the chat, in the in the, in the I did. I, saw, I saw it. They were asking about it. I'm like, weren't we not covering Analog this week? <laughs> so I, I was actually playing it, and I'm like, it's so... I was just trying to find my pocket on my desk, but it must be my bag, my work Is bag. Is it in your but, pocket? No, it's not. Um, yeah, it's really awesome. Like, I actually played through half of Super Mario Brothers 3, Flawless. Huh? For some reason, like, the NES core just is, like, it looks so freaking crazy on the pocket. Like, it looks freaking amazing, man. Does it look like what you remember Mario looking like as a kid? No. You know what I mean? No, when you play a game and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's... Wow, I totally have different memories of what that game used to look like. Oh, I like. never feel like that. But now it kind of looks like the game that you remember it looking like. <laughs> Is no? it like the opposite? I only have, the, <laughs> I only have that issue of N64 games. The yeah, others are fine. PlayStation N64 mm. is rough. But I think when you play them on a CRT, it's like rough, but not as bad as when you play it on like a PC and it's upscaled and looks terrible. Um, no, it's freaking awesome. The thing that I was really excited about, and I like reached out to the guy, Adam, is... Because, you know, I said this last week, Swinney, that the way I use the pocket, it's like the switch. I need to be able to turn it off quickly and put it on and off because the kids and everything like that or going on public transport or whatever, right? Now, the Steam Deck does that. Like, that's a big thing that Valve did where you can just press the power button, start playing the game, press it, and it just freezes the game, right? That doesn't work for, like, the SNES Core, the NES Core, all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm. It does work for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance cores, right? So I I play those games. But they actually did say, and I said it could take a year or two or th- however long to get that stuff, maybe never, right? They did say in the post when they released the NES core that save states are coming, which means that you can sleep and bring it back up. And I'm like, damn, that is like the biggest game changer for me. Ye of little oh. faith. I know. <laughs> no, but well, it's, it is, it's a lot of work, can... man. It's a lot yeah, of work to get it working. Imagine. Like, but how how does it work? How does it work with emulation? I mean, just at a simplistic level, being able to save save state state yeah, yeah. save the states I mean, like that because it's a software different? platform. It's much simpler to just actually okay. freeze just the them. memory dump, right? Right. It's not a memory dump for the FPGA stuff. It's actually like the like you got to think of it almost like what's the state of all the registers and all like with the CPU instruction like that it's about to send. And like, it's quite complex actually. It's the downside of hardware emulation. So yeah, I'm like super pumped, man. Like when I saw that, I I do wonder maybe the, the um, Mr. NES core has save states. So maybe that's why it's a lot easier to transfer over. Whereas I don't know if the SNES one has save states. So yeah, like, it, look, it's awesome, man. The Analog Pocket is the perfect, like, device for retro gaming. Like, there's nothing better than it. It's, like, even my mate, like, as I said, who came up, and he's more of, like, the mic ilk, like, you know, Android handhelds and all that kind of stuff. Even he was playing it and was like, damn, this is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> like, he was actually a little bit converted by it. So I was like, damn, that just shows how, how good it is, actually. So, yeah, I'm pumped oh. for it, man. 
one of the headlines that uh that the week that not many people talked about because you know i understand why is crystal dynamics have actually put out a consumer survey about legacy of kane so legacy of kane mm. is a series that's been dormant for so long we know that that was part of the package that came over with crystal dynamics to embrace a group so tomb raider deus ex thief um but Legacy of Kane is a series that so many people have wanted to come back. And this can, I filled out the consumer survey. It's pretty funny, like, just to some of the questions they ask, like, <laughs> they ask? Uh, if you would you want a remaster, would you want a sequel, would you want a okay. remake, and all this stuff. But it, it's cool. They tell, I like that they're putting the feelers out to get an idea to obviously then hopefully somebody puts a business case together to, mm. to do something with Legacy of Kane. I think so it's, a, it's, it's a good cool. approach, to be honest. It's like, hey, do, do people want this or not? And I, I've been seeing things about it on Reddit and stuff like that, and I think there's definitely an appetite. Mm. So there were cool games back in the day. Soul Reaver especially. I love Soul Yeah, Reaver, yeah. So. It's freaking awesome games. Um, the, uh, the, 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 a, co- a couple of things. Ha, ha, ha. Skull and Bones delayed. Mm, didn't see that one coming. Apparently delayed because gameplay sucks or something. It's not great. What what did, what were people I mean, saying? I don't think they officially said <laughs> what the reason is, but to me the most obvious reason is the fact that it was coming out like the day before God of War. So honestly, I think Dragons this is a good move that. for them to delay it. So and it, well, and it's, you ha- it's, it's, it's not free to play. It's you have to pay for no. it. So it's funny. I was reading like some comments people like oh don't worry the game's free to play anyway like there's so many people out there that <laughs> that's what i'm saying dude but that's what i'm saying i know you don't listen about it or like you don't agree but this game they cannot i never make it they cannot ask people to pay money for it they're insane i never said either way i never said either way i just said it's <laughs> not a free to play game it's not and i know that and i bring mm. up every time that it's not a free to play game and it's going to yeah. die but march is pretty busy as well i think <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I think there's some I don't announced know if it was games of that. Much, I feel like it. It might have just been COVID delays. No, dude, guarantee. Like uh, it's moved partly because of Ragnarok. There's no way you go up against maybe. Ragnarok. But it's a different kind of game. I wouldn't really. Yeah, okay, Rag- dude. Ragnarok, but every month there's going to be something dude. to go up against. It's probably going to be better than that anyway. No. So Ragnarok's like Elden Ring. Like you, yeah, like you, you're foolish true. to go That's next true. to it. Like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like guerrilla games constantly going up against like yeah, that's true. you know genre defining games idiots but onto some opposite news which is good i think scorn is coming out what a week early uh hmm. on game pass i put i put that in you for you so, mike yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that like there you go. we've talked about it before i love the aesthetic it's it's weird it's creepy i think People shouldn't expect a first-person shooter kind of thing because it clearly isn't that. It's not giving me those vibes at all. So that that's cool. That, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, the other one that they needed to avoid was Sonic Frontiers. That's oh, coming God. out Sonic, on the day that when is Skull that Bones is Sonic Frontiers. Skull and Bones Sonic Frontiers is actually, Sonic Frontiers has actually been getting a lot more positive buzz than people think recently. It's still um, true. That's true. That's true. No, like... There's there's a lot of positive uh, impressions and and review, uh, previews out there about okay. it, so I think people will be surprised. Like, it'll still just be another Sonic game, but it's not going to be the disaster people are expecting. So, so I, I'm um, I'm ordering from the secret menu, which is like stuff that's not on this list here on this. Right, <laughs> you always do it. Talk about it's whatever. Like, sure, of course, go. <laughs> this is what this like. This is a this no, is you can a do random it. segment like, anyway. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping you from doing it. I just find it funny. <laughs> this is like berry shit at the end of the thing. Um. So, Overwatch 2, any chance you're going to play that, Mike? It's free to play. It is actually Zero. free to play. 
Oh, zero. Okay. I don't play those games anymore. Twenty. So uh, I never played number one, so very unlikely. Okay. It's coming out in as a much as, as much as I I know it's a decent game or good yeah. game, I should say. I might try it. Might try game. Might try it. Free to play. I just don't want to get hooked on that stuff. You know me. No, of course not. Addictive personality. <laughs> Who would want to play the, games? The last. No, one no, I want to play games. I just want to play all sorts of different games, not just the same game over and over and over again. For the last, can argue it's head- all the same. It's all the same. No, it's not. The last headline I want to talk about. I have to really shut you down there. Um, is the fact that Beyond Good and Evil Two, from annou- official announcement to release date, has now officially been in development longer than Duke Nukem Forever, wow. which is. That's an achievement. How many years? Yourself. <laughs> it is. How long has Jesus it been? Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, uh, I think it was 2008, I think was the official reveal trailer. Wow. Um, of what? Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, okay. I was talking about it already. So, no, no, no. I yes. was just thinking about Digging It Forever. I thought it was a reference to that. No, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was... Um, so that's... Man, like, I, they're obviously... You know, I don't think the game's going to get canned, but man, what... like. When Skull and Bones looks better in terms of timeline than your game, <laughs> that's that's not good. So, and it's a shame. I love the original, but mm. I whatever. I like it'll come out when it'll come out. So, do you think Episode Three counts, or is that like officially cancelled? Half Life Episode Three is that officially cancelled? No, what was it ever official? No, it was officially announced. Yeah. Mm, look, if they turn around and then like announce it again then maybe you could continue that. But it's also, like, I think it's a bit of a different situation, that one. But um, could, and could, look, they, could, sure... they, could they release Half-Life 3, like, without Half-Life 2 Episode 3? Wouldn't that piss people off? Hmm. Well, Probably I think not, that would actually. be the next... I actually think that's what they would do, is they would just put Half-Life 3 out. So, so, oh, you reckon um, just Half-Life 3? Okay. It's yeah, just called yeah, Alex okay. Episode 3. Oh. I don't think they ever will. I think even if they make a mainline Half-Life game, they won't call it Half-Life 3 out of spite. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Half-Life Resurrected or some shit just to piss people off. Yeah. No, because I was just looking at the up? longest Vaporware games. And you're right, like Duke Nukem Forever is like the record. There's, so this would be the new record if this comes out record, next year. Yeah. There might be also some game that somebody's been working on that officially announced it back in 2000 and might put it out next year. Like it's more like okay, these are actually like you know like big titles kind of stuff. You but know? you're um, but I'm not talking about early access, right? Like these are like games that have been announced and they haven't come out because I think yeah, yeah Dwarf yeah. Fortress would be the longest running thing because that. But I mean that that game's been out in different capacities. Not 1.0. So. They're still they're still in early yeah, access. No. Early access doesn't count since like 2006. What? <laughs> Yeah, two guys, two brothers. It's quite cool. You should check that game out. I Mike, feel like at like that it. point, it's never going to come out. <laughs> and it's well, a bit of a joke, point. I think, that it's not 1.0. Cool. Anything else? I- I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the hell this PlayStation Stars rewards program is going to look like. Yeah, so it launch- launches 13th of October in Australia and Europe. And yeah, it's but it's already launched in other areas. In Japan, right? And it- I haven't really heard... Yeah. Much yeah, twenty on the 29th comes out in three days in the Americas. Mm. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I haven't delved that deep into it because I just it's not something I'd probably use. But it seems, look, it seems like an interesting. I know Mike's obviously 
probably I, I'm going to stop Mike from going on a tirade about loyalty Unless programs. It's a bit, I'm not going to say. Anything. So, <laughs> hey, it's cool for, for people once, that are into that once. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm just happy that there's no NFTs involved. Um, that is a, that is a good part. But so. they're kind of like yeah, they're collectibles. Yeah, it's just yeah, not unique collectibles. No. What? There's just not. Mm. There's no blockchain. Yeah. Elements to these digital yeah. collectibles, but people are getting annoyed because you have you have to join. You don't have to join, right? But if you join, you get like um, serviced in an express way. Mm. Serviced, yeah, like priority customer service. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get it serviced in an express way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to be serviced, slow, no. steady. They can you take their the time. You, you essentially, there's a priority queue. There's a Mike. queue. Okay. And so you get so, you get you get the jump the, you go queue jump. There's a queue to service yeah. me. I go, yeah. whoa, okay. Not to service you, I to mean, be serviced. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're last again in Australia, so along with Europe. Yeah. Um, I'm interested oh, to see what it is. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, we'll just uh, we'll thinking wrap if there's up anything else that week? I should make up. <laughs> yeah, the... uh, we're, we're wrapping the show up. We're in the final segment. Hey, press I, the, I press, the, press button. the button. I can press I control the button. The button so press that I can, button. I can, damn it! I can do whatever I want. Press the button. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, look, I put it in here. We can talk about it whether or not we want to do it. But I thought it's probably high time we do a check in on our gamer resolutions. We probably should have done it this episode if we were following the early. Q3. Yeah, pretty so, quick yeah, so we'll we'll do a, a catch up how we're tracking on our different gaming resolutions. Um, but anything else you guys think uh, you might talking about next week or showing off game wise or? Well, as a person who's trying to play games, I might try Overwatch Two, given that will be the biggest game this week. But um, outside of that, I'm just like not worried. But there's just like a shitload of games coming out in a few weeks. Like I keep talking about it, but you know, Mario Rabbids, Gotham Knights, mm. Bayonetta Three. Uh, the new Call of Duty, which I don't know if I'll get. God of War Ragnarok. It's like a whole bunch of games within like a three-week period. So, right. mm, it's quite a lot. Quite a lot it's to get like through. A finished Deathloop first. Yeah, and Callisto Protocol at the start of December for you, Mike. Yeah, I know. I I need. I was so tempted to buy the Collector's Edition, and then I realized <laughs> I value my life a little. You don't bit even more know if it's going to be that good. comes home. I'm I'm a dead man. It, it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up slipping. Just, I just got a feeling about that. Oh, game. Yeah, but Dead Space mm. looks like it will come out in January. Mm. Imagine if they come out the same. Play week. them concurrently. Yeah, it'd be cool to kind of <laughs> just yeah. No, but that's that's why I think they. I think even if you're, you know, whoever in the studio, like Death, like because Death, uh, sorry, Dead Space, they. I don't know if you saw, but they've got like a whole bunch of marketing for it, teaser mm. trailers, screenshots. That that seems like it's going to come out at the end of January. Possibly. So, I if you're Callisto Protocol, you can't come out after that game. Like, that will kill your marketing and buzz and everything. Like well, that, speaking so. of marketing, I've seen ads for the Callisto Protocol on Reddit. Does, okay. Yeah. I don't have an ad blocker. Place That's to put ads for something like that. Pre-order. <laughs> We're here, learning blah, about blah, you. Blah. How, that, how is that surprising? Though, like, I don't know, games everywhere. I guess so, but I I don't. Maybe I just haven't been getting game ads. In how do you my get ads? Don't you have an ad blocker? Uh, I do, but it doesn't seem to work on Ooh. the app. So Oh, the app. Okay, okay. okay, mm. okay. I thought you deleted so Reddit. Go- I'm saying in general. I haven't used it for... Well, actually, no, I did use it yesterday. All right, so we're, but we won't be talking about we won't be talking about Callisto Protocol next week because that is not till December. Well, you but don't know. Maybe there'll be some you... announcement of a delay. Then we will be talking about it. You have to eat your words, <laughs> there you go. or they're being bought go. out by this Saudi fund. All right, just just 
That was my mate. My way of cutting down that uh, the Reddit ad talk to uh, wrap the show up. Uh, anything else you guys going to cover next week or? We'll figure it out. Chance, <laughs> stop, stop being like attacking me. I'm, not attacking I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to spur you, give you inspiration. No, I, I uh, might go well, back to playing um, Last of Us Part One now that I've smashed out so much of Splatoon. So, yeah, great game. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but yeah, Last of Us Part Two, Part One. Sorry. Yeah. Chef's I want to get that. It's I actually amazing. Get it's that. actually I just don't want to pay for it again. Yeah, yeah. But I love, yeah, because I love that game. So. I know, Indigo, you've got a I'll good excuse. But Mike, like, we were, the whole segment we were talking about, that we're all like, nah, we're not going to pay the, the extra money for it. And we're like, yes, Mike, you will. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Eventually I will. That's true. But no, I'm not paying anywhere near the full price. Yeah, but you're paying it's like go 70 down bucks. To 30 bucks. If you want well. it, Buy it, you know. Thirty bucks I'll play it for thirty bucks I'll play it. Cool. I don't think it'll be All thirty right, well, bucks anytime soon, to be honest, but cool. Alright, well that's I'm it for the rushed. show then. Yeah. Um Thanks thank you everyone picks. for joining in the in the chat as well, and uh, we'll uh, catch you all next week. Adios, see you later. Amigos. Bye bye bye.